4: City FM 97.3 Good morning and welcome to another episode of your favorite weekend current affairs and political analysis program The Big Issue Live on 97.3 City FM. My name is Godfrey Akoto Boafo. It's a week where two issues have primarily stood out. Parliament, Parliament, Parliament and of course the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia. So, today we are splitting it into two. We are going to do local and then we are going to do international relations as well because, of course, there are significant uh, repercussions for what is happening uh, in Europe on our lives here, such as the nature of the world. But the most important one, like I said, will begin in Parliament because there are a myriad of issues that are surrounding Parliament and how it conducts its business. In fact, there are those who believe that Parliament is currently hamstrung. As to whether that is true or not, we'll try and figure that out. The circumstances leading to this, the absence of Sarah Ajuasafo, member of parliament for Dom Domkwabinyah, which has raised and caused anger within her own party. The uh, minority are saying they don't have a problem with it, and in fact have named other members of parliament on the governing side, who they say have also been absenting themselves. Then there is the matter of the dispute, if there is one, between the Speaker of Parliament and his first deputy, Jose Wusu. And in fact, the Speaker uh, has said in no uncertain terms this week that uh, he is sickened by some of the things that he has seen and heard uh, in Parliament. So we'll try and make sense of what is happening in Parliament. Uh, this particular Parliament, one that Ghanaians had a lot of hope in. Uh, seems not to be delivering what Ghanaians want at this at this particular time and then like i said we'll deal with uh russia's invasion of ukraine now we do know that uh our ministry of foreign affairs has uh, sent out a uh a statement on what it intends to do uh with Ghanaian students who are stranded uh currently in kiev the capital of ukraine so we'll bring you updates on that all this coming up over the next three hours on the big issue welcome back to the big issue as always as you know it's an interactive show and you can join us via the whatsapp lines with your messages we have two of those uh zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six on television uh you can also join us with the whatsapp line zero five five zero five eight five eight three two zero five five zero five eight five eight three two so those are the whatsapp lines that you can join us on now if you prefer to use social media twitter uh you can use the hashtag the big issue the is at city nine seven three at city nine seven three and uh, use the hashtag the big issue you can send us the message i'll gladly read the comments uh, for you and we will take it from there you can also reach me on at east sportsman that's my own personal Twitter account and i will read the comments as well uh, we're also streaming on facebook at city 973 that's our facebook wall our facebook page sorry and then city tv gh streaming as well so you can uh, share and uh, leave your comments if you do miss out don't worry just go to our youtube channel, CityTube, CITI, T U B E, subscribe to the channel, very important. We want you to subscribe, and then uh, you can just go to the playlist section and you can find the big issue. Uh, You can catch up with all that you have missed. So, uh, you find uh, the program everywhere. So, let's get to business. And, uh, like I said, we'll spend a significant chunk of the program this morning discussing parliament because without parliament, uh, nothing seems to get done. And we've been used to parliament operating in a certain way by virtue of how our elections have gone but the last election to a curveball a very very thin minority for some they say it is a hunk parliament there's dispute about that because we do have a majority side by virtue of an independent candidate who sits with the mpp in parliament and so technically they are a majority side and that is why they lead that but over the past uh, two or three months things seem to have taken a turn because uh, for most watchers of the parliamentary space activity has slowed down, and that's because of the absence of uh, one member of parliament, Madame Sarah Jwasafu. But recently, we've also heard that the incapacitation is not just her, because there is another member of parliament uh, who is not well and uh, whose uh, current poor uh, health uh, means that the NPP side find themselves down by two. MPs. Now, if you know the numbers, one thirty-seven, one thirty-seven, and you take away two, that means technically they are one thirty-five. And so, for watchers of the political space, they are saying that means there is nowhere getting done. And then uh, that you have this current Speaker of Parliament, the Honourable Alban Sumana Kinsford-Bagbin, uh, who feels that um, his powers have been usurped or he's been disrespected by virtue of the behaviour of uh, the first Deputy Speaker of Parliament, which throws into sharp focus a conversation that has gone on on how we even constitute and who becomes uh, a deputy speaker of parliament Should the person be a certain member of parliament these are technical conversations that have taken place over a period of time but we seem to ignore all these things until now the supreme court we have been told will make a categorical ruling on whether a first deputy speaker of parliament can actually even vote that's happening on the 29th of march Uh, but a lot of uh, gray areas that we have in our parliamentary process and in our governance process seems to have come up and uh we will do justice to all these things uh on the first part of the show so uh just to start with we'll do the report from uh where our own hansen hadjiman invested to engage stakeholders because there has been conversation this week about the possibility of the mpp uh, declaring that seat vacant uh just so that they can move on from this whole uh serajosa for conundrum and then we also had the Speaker of Parliament debunking news reports that he had granted permission for the embattled MP to be absent from Parliament. Then we will also hear from uh, uh, Alban for bagbin again on his disagreements uh, with the first Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Joseph Osewu, who this week dismissed a private member's motion seeking to probe uh, the COVID nineteen expenditure. Now according to Jose Wusu, the work of such by a partisan Committee is already provided for by the constitution to be conducted by the Auditor General and the Public Accounts Committee. Now this motion was filed by uh Kesel Atoforcing uh Haruna Idrisu and Muntaka Mubarak. But that was turned down. So the speaker of parliament subsequently returned and described as unconstitutional and illegal and offensive what uh, he called the pension. Of the first deputy speaker to overturn his ruling so we'll hear the angry speaker to end the report we'll come in studio and try and figure out what is happening with the parliament of ghana
5: npp supporters were racing against time to file their nomination for various positions for the upcoming elections in the constituency at the time of our visit, though the process was much peaceful as compared to happenings in other constituencies, some were concerned over the absence of the Member of Parliament. The three-time legislator, a Minister of Gender, has been off duty for at least six months. Though the Presidency granted the permission for an extension of her leave in October 2021, concerns have become rife following the difficulty of the majority in Parliament to marshal its numbers to pass the 11th.
6: Of course, Once if you don't return. come to parliament and you are on TikTok
7: dancing, excuse me. What's the exact no no, parliament surrounding absence? It's not for uh, Apostle Koyosafu. Get it straight.
6: And I'm very furious because people are insulting me because I went there to campaign for him, uh, for
1: her. <laughs>
6: Her
5: absence seems to be of concern, for her constituents as well in Dome Kwa-Banya. Not only have they not cited her in Parliament, but her presence, they say, has not been felt in the constituency. Now, what, what to say on Parliament? What? To
1: be- uh, my committee were ready, Parliament, so, was But I can MP. MP dead in a human unit so occupation med need obey no way any yesu yakrofo na ye di na chi no ye hu de ekoso basho so on matide me de enye
2: ohra mi 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 hu nu ara mi physical police
6: eh? u ni mo MP mi ni nu matini picture ba mi da but
2: where
5: is Ajoa for? Her personal assistant, Nana Dubin, provides some insights.
6: Where's your boss? Um, as we speak now, um, she's out of the jurisdiction and should be in town in mean, the next few days.
5: Well, what has been happening with the
6: Honourable? Oh, nothing. I, I believe that um, sometime last year, uh, we are all aware she sought a leave of absence uh, from the President or from the Presidency uh, to deal with a few personal issues. Um, along the line, sometime in December, she had to come to town uh, yeah, to support um, government business on the floor of Parliament. And uh, she was here. And then left um, sometime at the end of uh, December.
5: Is it that she doesn't care about the duty uh, reposed on her?
6: No, she really cares about it because um, even in her absence, there's a lot going on.
5: The cry of her colleagues in parliament is their inability to push government business without her due to the peculiar nature of the 8th parliament. But to what extent is her absence affecting her constituents? We're currently at the Domi market, one of the popular places in the Domi Kwabenya constituency and uh, one of the major challenges of the uh, traders who apply their trade here is issues with flood and most of them have been calling on their to leaders with their assembly to, their, to address their problem. But what has become of this plea as it is emerging that uh, the uh, MP for the area, Ajaxofo, has not been going to parliament for a long
1: time. In country, I I a I I I and I because I I I there are two adjusts <laughs> of I say your market your marketeer, your marketeer. But market ye but I don't know. I'm not no one's <laughs> doing No poster Eh, I'm saying no. Papa, I'm no. and call No not be doing it. do be to
5: Poor roads have been categorized as a major problem of the constituency. From Taifa, where a large portion of their main roads have been fixed, to Abukubi, where residents claim they fall under the bracket of bad roads in the country, there's a unanimous belief they would have been better off but for the current situation of their Member of Parliament.
6: Oh no cray a book will be around there I say cry or jume muhe put will be uncle young quenin
7: by one bed say I'm off one day obey when they see a couple be a better I'm off one day on the street lights back obactu be a ya dininemu.
5: The party at the constituency and the personal assistant to adjust of however think otherwise.
7: So we have been managing everything in this constituency. So although We expected that um, her absence would affect the constituency. So, if it comes to development, we have taken steps in going to the various ministries as constituency executives, so that whatever developmental needs we expect to reach Tomiko Abena are being taken care of.
5: Despite these assurances, there are calls for hair removal. Research by Global Info Analytics indicates that 44% of constituents want hair to be removed while 47% are against that. When City News questioned the constituents, they were divided on the matter. For those who are staunch supporters, they will boycott any polls that
6: seek to force her out. office <laughs>
5: Inti omo for
6: pa me foaso ne ne nase bibiso
1: enye ye de esa esa yale de ya sakan no an have me me dada na na ti na
2: from all indications the speaker was unenthused with the direction his first deputy took the house on tuesday in relation to the minority's motion for a probe into covid-19 expenditure when he took his seat on wednesday the speaker had some choice words to describe the events of the previous day i'm
3: not sure you have appreciation of the temperature of the country I'm not sure. you know the obvious nature of the responsibility that have been placed on your shoulders. The marshal Department gets ready. I'll be compelled to get a marshal to get people arrested and sent out. You are saying, Parliament is not a place for joking is a place for business, serious national business. The parliament we are in has not been in Ghana, even in Gokus. This is a different type of parliament. We must be prepared to change, to accept the decision of the people and work together to make me sick. You shut up. You rule out of order in the house. The penchant of the first deputy speaker to overrule my rules is, to say the least, unconstitutional, illegal and offensive. Be that as it may, I shall not be taking any steps to overrule the decision of the first to dismiss the motion as moved by the Honourable Ranking Member of the Finance Committee. The deputy speakers and I will deliberate on how to present a more coherent and uniform structure in respect of rulings so that the House is guided at all times during deliberations. The
2: minority leader took a cue from the speaker's comments and indicated that there would be a formal challenge of the ruling setting aside their motion.
7: As you yourself have rightly advised, we will challenge the ruling of your first deputy to which you are so eloquently addressed this morning. But we want the record to be succinctly captured that this was his objection. His objection was based on
3: Article 187. He, He said so so that tomorrow into the
7: foreseeable future we will know what guided the ruling for purpose of uh, litigating
1: on it as we intend to do later on the minute
8: the speaker waded into the matter that has been the subject of parliamentary corridor discussions on thursday he distanced himself from reports that indicated that he sanctioned the domkabina legislator's prolonged absence from the house to see, that,
3: you see permission for me to absent myself from Parliament on health grounds. I wanted to know by all that I have not granted any such interview anywhere. I have not said anything like that anywhere. And the rules and procedures of the House are so loud that she is absent without permission for all those days. That is on the rules and procedure of the House. It's what the Speaker will determine who is present and who's absent. No. The those are considered from capture, those are present, those are absent, and those who are absent with issue. And so please I receive a lot of calls from a number of media men on that issue. And that's why I'm going to delay let letting remind that I have not said any something anyway. And I'm going to address the issue of absentee MPs. Very, very for So
4: that is the wrap-up of uh, what has happened in Parliament, and uh, I'll be having this conversation this morning with uh, some people who have a clear idea of what happens in Parliament. So, uh, Dr. Kujo Asante is the director of advocacy and policy engagement at the Centre for Democratic Development as the CDD Ghana. He will join us. Uh, Fusaini is a uh, former member of parliament, uh, Okai North constituency on the ticket of the NPP. He's also here with us. Uh, Dr. Richard Amwakuba uh, also joins us via Zoom uh, from uh, Kumasi. Uh, and then we'll also have Inusa Fusaini, so, so we're doing the Battle of the Fusainis here, the senior <laughs> brother and the junior brother. <laughs> He's a former member of both of them now, former members of parliament. One willingly.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, it is say, it is a former of parliament for Tamali Center, a long time member of parliament, uh, academic, uh, lover of the law. Uh, he will also um, join us to have this conversation. But I'll start from the policy side of things. And, uh, Dr. Kubia good morning. Where's mm-hmm. your listeners? Ah, uh, yes. Now, Dr. Kudrasanti, let me just start from here. This was supposed to be the parliament Ghanaians wanted however it does look like there is a significant difficulty by the actors in parliament where the parliamentarians themselves to figure out how to make this work w- what has been your observation so far of this very tight parliamentary advantage that the governing npp has and how
0: it has worked uh, thank you very much um and I think you rightly uh, captured the sentiment. I think uh, from even our post-election survey, there was uh, quite uh, uh, at least some optimism from citizens that uh, a hung parliament um, would would produce better accountability, better transparency, um, would would sort of agenda more uh, working together between the two main parties uh to some extent you know you can see that some of those uh expectation or objectives are being felt i mean the decisions in parliament that uh, ordinarily with a majority you know if you take say for the 11, for instance uh it would have been pushed through by now um even the approval of the budget uh some of the concessions that were made you know in the budget will probably would not have happened without, you know, the, the, the current the numbers that are, are in Parliament. But, of course, in terms of the the big optics and symbolism, there's a lot more negative than positive. It, it shows you a lot of bottlenecks. Uh, it has exposed uh, a number of gaps in, in parliamentary procedure that, you know, have to be worked through. But I think, for me, the biggest bottleneck is a certain culture uh, which uh, under the fourth republic you know you say that has in, emerged from the winner-takes-all mm. uh, which, which you know suggests that um, uh, I you know I would always have my way uh, and, and you can have your say you know and even the reality of uh, uh, you know a hand parliament it has not diverted or you know corrected uh, that uh, that political culture people are still not accepting that reality that they cannot in the current circumstances have their way and they need a different approach so there's a lot of head-batting uh, still trying to force through things um, and not you know finding a different working arrangement to you know work together in this uh, current environment because The reality is that you cannot have even if particularly in the executive or even in the opposition, you cannot have one thirty seven, one thirty seven for all decisions to be made. It's not feasible. You have half of the ministers who are from parliament, at least a minimum half. They they are they are all kinds of ministers doing all kinds of jobs, moving around. They cannot be present at the house all the time. So it's just not Uh, a situation that uh, it it makes sense uh, to try to force through uh, numbers you know including going to bring people by private jet and all those kinds of things it's just not uh, feasible so uh, the 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 political actors have to adjust their own expectations their way of doing things to find that working, working you know formula that allows them, you know, to be able to get the business of the house going, uh, so that Ghanaians can benefit from policy. And it, 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 for me, I think that is the is the is the biggest biggest problem. Nobody, everybody is playing brinkmanship, and is not willing uh, to 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 call, you know to build consensus. But I mean, I, let me just add that, at least, you know, at the beginning, you know how the election of the speaker went. Mm. That whole issue was resolved by politically, you know, the parties agreeing that the other two deputies will come from the MPP. So that was a political solution, and that worked. The same way with the issue about how committees should set up in terms of the numbers, uh, and and they worked out a formula that worked. So I think that should give them a, an insight that a lot of these things, uh, parliamentary rules and and going to court is not the solution and that it requires a political solution that builds trust from the other side that allows both parties to walk away feeling that they have won now that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of you know uh, a commitment to the state uh, to the welfare of the people to push through you know rather than winning really battle political battles so i hope that um, at some point that reality will dawn and there'll be a different approach um, you know but so far it's not it's not being it's not been that and that's why we are almost at a standstill nothing is, 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 is being done uh, in Parliament because of the, the current situation
4: yeah uh, do, do you think that the situation you describe where we're expecting that you know there'll be a lot more talking a lot more consensus building that that situation the brinkmanship that you described that situation perhaps that we anticipated did not take off because of the economic situations the political situation perhaps where difficult decisions have to be made and there is such a clear difference of ideology uh, and perhaps Yes, let me leave it at ideology of how perhaps things should be done.
0: No, not on the face of it. It has nothing to do with ideology, whether it's the budget or. um, I mean, some of it is political, uh, you know, scoring, uh, trying to mobilize some, uh, score political points, uh, position yourself. uh, Because, you know, if you're in opposition, you are also a government in waiting. Uh, When the people are, are expressing dissatisfaction, with a particular issue, you want to take their course. Uh, those are uh, things you know that have happened. So the the differences in 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 positions around policy, you know, some of it, as I said, is not uh, a matter of ideology. Right? It's not. I mean, these two parties. You can you can go through uh, the history of the Fourth Republic, and you realize that in actual terms, what they do. Is inconsistent with the ideology that they profess, mm. so it's very little to do with ideology. I think, as I said, we maybe we put too much trust in the ability and the capacity of our political elites, our political class, to adjust to, you know, a different types of uh, our political dynamics, uh, as as uh, you know uh, happened with the 2020 elections. You know, in the past, for example, people have talked about having a parliament that is uh, the majority is from a different party and the president that is from a different party. We almost got there this time around. We almost got there in 2000 uh, in the 2008 elections. right? So these are different types of political arrangements that in other jurisdictions where coalition politics is uh, the norm. You know, I mean, the German CDU uh, 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 and and the Socialist Party, uh, at some point, governing together. These were the biggest parties, and governing together in one of the most successful periods of the Merkel uh, in Germany. But they are used to coalition politics. We are not. So this is a political culture that I believe that um, um, we have to. You know the the elite, the political elites, have to recognize that these these dynamics can happen you know in a, in a society with the changing urbanization the young demographics you are not going to have you know 164 um members of parliament and a, a big majority sometimes it can happen but it can also go the other way very very tight how do you work in parliament how do you develop the, the parliamentary rules to respond to that. You know, there's currently um, a draft, um, a, a revision, a proposed revision of these uh, study orders. Mm. And actually, at the beginning of this parliament, there were really strong attempts to try to uh, conclude on that process, which uh, have been going on for many, many years under a Speaker SPCO quiz uh, period. Uh, a lot of uh, movement was made. That was even going to allow the the minority to head or to chair uh, other committees of parliament outside of the subsidiary legislation committee uh, and the public accounts committee, all in a way to give you know parliament you know more uh, more ability to uh, to hold the executive accountable and other kinds of uh, uh, innovations. So I think that it is an opportunity to reform to even make Parliament more responsive and better but to allow Parliament to be a lot more flexible in responding to different political dynamics and getting used to it that is what we have to work through and uh, it's not it's not easy but I believe that uh, this Parliament still has the the opportunity to really improve and do well now let, let me let me just
4: ask you this as well has this shown the lack of agility with our constitution and you i know you've called for a long time that we 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 do a review so you've spoken about the proposed standing orders as well but you you talk about the ministers coming uh, majority of ministers or 50 percent of ministers Mm. and these coming from parliament and other aspects of our democracy and governance which uh, at the time that we drew up some of these rules did not anticipate this particular scenario and so we, we, we find people working within structures that they, they simply feel they have to become hawks in mm-hmm. order to survive
0: Um yes i mean the, the 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 challenges with the with the constitution is very real i mean we've always said that you know um the the kind of political settlement that was reached that allowed for us to uh, create this hybrid uh um, you know um political system um has you know it's achieved a certain level of stability but it has not advanced democracy and has not advanced development Uh, That well, so we are beginning to continue to see the effects. I mean, if you talk about absenteeism, even for the for the political actors, for instance, uh, the big pro research over the years will tell you that if you are an MP uh, minister, uh, the likelihood that you are not able to retain your seat is always very high, and and that in terms of absentee members of parliament, they are the worst. So parliament definitely loses out with this kinds of arrangements and also makes parliament weak because the incentives that are built into that structure means that you are just there hoping that you know you're according to be a minister deputy minister and all of that so that is but i think that the the political culture itself you know the party culture uh what exactly you know it means uh, to be a member of parliament uh, how the parties are or uh, the members are whipped by the party, those relationships. Uh, it's just one that, um, you know, a lot of time it's all about just, you know, once I'm in power, it doesn't matter how much uh, of the electoral votes I got. I can have 50% of the electoral vote and I will still want 100% of the power. And that kind of orientation and mindset it's not one that allows or would thrive in the system because, as I said, we keep batting heads. So those are those are things that I said we have to work to. I think the standing orders that have been were being reviewed. Uh, there are many many parts of it that require some elaboration, requires some rethinking. Uh, the speaker's ruling issues uh, with the deputies, for example, not anticipated, and that has to be addressed. Uh, the election of the speaker at the time which this election already takes place has to be addressed. Even uh, the issues of leave of absence, uh, the the procedures around it, um, you know what what qualifies as a leave of absence for how long can you do it? All these things um, have to be you know looked at. But maybe before it wasn't it wasn't a big issue because people have always absented themselves. But because now it, it means a lot in terms of the numbers, your ability to mobilize numbers, we are now seeing uh, some of the, the, the abuses of it and the negative impacts of it to, to development and uh, the parliament's business.
4: All right, thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. Kujasat. So let me go to Kumasi and deal with Dr. Richard Uh, uh Dr. Amwakuba, good morning. Good morning. Uh, pleasure to have you. You've been, you've been popular. This past week, for other reasons, but we'll get to that in the second phase <laughs> of this uh, conversation. But let's 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 deal with your overview analysis of what this parliament has become and the expectations that citizens had of it. Are, are you disappointed with what is happening?
8: Of course, I uh, am. Uh, but uh, the problem didn't start the way we did. It started with the speaker's pronouns that forbode trouble. When the lessons were held, speaker was elected and he came to parliament. He said, NDC has 137, MPP has 137, and uh, independent 1. The independent has expressed that he vote with MPP, therefore, there is no majority party in that. That is not, That is what started the trouble. It's called coalition. If the uh, independent has said to join the FDP, how can you say there is no majority party? It's 138, eight, one sixty That is a majority. And so when we keep saying it's a hundred 100. One, no, it's not entirely 10. That started the problem. Because it, it, it didn't go down well at all for the FDP people. How can they have 138 and you say yeah, there is no majority party? And on nbc 2 they, they were embedded to think that okay, since there's no majority, then we should chair half of the committees. And that started the trouble. So there was no peace on the side. But really, there is a majority. MPP is the majority. when in the independent time, they're voting with it. We turn forward, there's another problem. The, the, the previous parliament, MPP had an absolute majority. So they didn't pay attention to consensus building or, or, or uh, parlaying with the other side. Now, the picture has changed. Even though it's one to you still have to talk to the other side because if even one of the people's defect or uh, it's upset, the are in trouble. So whatever it is, you have to talk to them. There has to be a change, negotiations. The leadership of the MPP, they not know how to do that. Uh, I will say still They don't know how to do that because they're used to the other ways that to create a problem. Right. And, the, and then the other side say, so okay, you have one to, you have one to seven. If you shouldn't behave if it, it's the same thing, so are right. So, all these things, there has to be negotiations all the time. You I mean, inform them, bring them in. But the leadership of the majority is not know part to do that. Now, they're they still don't know yeah.
4: That's
8: part of
4: it. An Interesting conundrum that you have explained. Do you, there are those who say, Perhaps the circumstances that we have required a new kind of leadership because we've always had the very aggressive kind of leadership in parliament, majority, minority. But if you look at the leadership that was constituted, the personalities in there are not designed for consensus building.
8: And I've said this several times that if you consider both, this does not mean a in the doesn't know what he's doing, but he the one who is prepared the absolute majority uh, in time You cannot have the same person who do those in, which is way over the others go back and now talk to uh, the minority with, with uh, sincerity. And they will not come across very way. So there has to be a new leadership, one who knows this is his job to talk to the other side, build consensus, in peace. But they haven't done that. That is what I've said this all the time. And uh, then, of course, as the president too. themselves are not doing it. He should do it. He should do it. he should know about the parliamentary that the game has changed. For example, when the election results came, and some MPP MPs expressed the president that he should change the speaker, not because he's, he's incompetent, but because of temperament and uh, the the sentiments others have, you should listen to them. Or you have so many people in your party, why can't why do you have to keep the same person? There? Put in somewhere else and bring somebody else, sweep the things around. It comes to the same thing. But he said, Oh, this is my mind, that's the one I want. Well, when you voted, you see the results. That's another thing. And so when things change, we are unable to change with the times. We still want to do the same thing we've been doing. That's the problem.
0: Mm. I, I i will i will hold on for now
8: and
4: then come back to you the then party leadership the party leadership i'm not necessarily talking about
8: the elected leadership. yes uh, i mean I'm, talk, I'm not talking about those in parliament uh, the party except they too don't play a strong role at all is almost said parliamentarians have have their their way and uh, the, 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 the external executive have not, nothing to do about it that too is not acceptable the party must always be in charge and direct affairs even in parliament not directly generally involved, they be, but at least they have to be told what to suspect We don't see that. All right. You see a certain teacher in sitting there like a general is, directly first, make sure they do what they're supposed to do. We don't have that. So, so each one wants to do whatever he wants, and now we, put us up. There is no good for the country. All right,
4: your point is well made. I will come back to you on a, uh, the second phase of this matter. Let me just deal with uh, my two Fusseini's, big Fusini and small fusaini But let me deal first with the former of Parliament for tamale Central before I deal with the ex queen North constituency uh, representative. Uh Inusa. yes, name? that's
7: my that's my true name, Inusa. Yes. But he's Fusini. Yes. <laughs> but I'm Inusa. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. So he uses Fusini as a second, second name.
7: name. Yes. Mine is yes. A first, first name, name. yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> you you just left yes. Parliament. Yes. Would
4: you have been happy to be part of this parliament? Well, do I have to
7: to speculate that? I'm just asking, looking at what is happening. I'm not in parliament. OK. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and this is a different parliament. Remember, I, I, I so It's different from the parliament I was in with Fuseni. <laughs> 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 but sitting,
4: sitting back and observing, though, as a former lawmaker, do you share sympathies with the the difficulty with which this house has to operate
7: yeah i, I clearly uh, when the results of the elections were were announced i clearly knew that we we're going to be having have, a, have a, a difficulty a problem mm. until the 2020 elections and then the uh, 2020, yeah, 2020 elections and the they threw up in terms of the parliamentary representat- representation in Parliament, uh, parties who form government had clear majority. I mean, in some instances, you simply did not need the minority to operate. Mm. I mean, in the last Parliament, in the Parliament that I served with Facedi, <laughs> MPB had <laughs> one hundred and sixty-nine members of Parliament. They didn't simply need the minority to operate i mean except where they needed to test majority on a matter i mean on ordinary business they didn't Mm. and so uh, you understand the intervention of uh, dr amakuba Amakuba, that look the way parliament was used to doing things clearly had to change clearly i mean you you could not even form a quorum for the purposes of of Mm. taking decisions if you didn't work with the minority. And so, this parliament is unique. It's different. It's different. Mm. And so, what used not to happen ought to be the norm now. The new reality is now members of parliament, leadership of parliament, leadership of the caucuses must be engaging more. They must be understanding of government policy sympathy or rejection at the leadership level concerns of minority must be inputted into government policy before they come government must have a fair understanding an idea of the reception or the nature of the reception that its policies will receive in parliament before the introduction of those policies and and that is what democracy is all about But this hasn't happened this hasn't happened i mean even in the interview the manifestation of the opposition Ex facto clearly points conclusively to the lack of consultation, prior consultation before the introduction of that policy. And even in a situation where you want to carry where you have absolute majority but you want to carry the country along with you, you need to have pre budget consultations and agreements on key issues. And I think that was not done. And people talk about consensus. A whole democratic experiment is a consensus. We agree that look, we will establish a multi party democracy in this country, and so parties can field as many candidates as, as they can in the constituencies. And these parties, if they win elections, they sit in parliament. It's consensus that the party that forms the majority that has the majority of seats by itself or in conjunction with other parties uh, form the majority in the house. That's the consensus. So democracy itself is consensus. You agree that this is the way you be doing things. But it also requires a renewal of the consensus on a day to day basis. And I remember when I was a minister deputy minister of energy, uh Wendy Lamont uh, had Kufo had brought in Weldon Lamont and they had come to us that they had a facility to continue their rural electrification. Uh, we went through Parliament approved same uh, but when the the uh, the partners came, they said, well, the, the document approving the law was laid in the U.S. Congress. And all the congressmen were coming to inspect the co- uh, the contract to see what was in the contract for their constituencies. How was the, the America going to benefit from that money? I think it was 155 million. How was America going to benefit from the 155 million? What what cars? What facilities were we purchasing that would originate from? So so before they could get their supply, that's the that's the consensus that I'm talking about. And so now we require to build more seriously the bipartisan consensus, not conspiracy consensus.
4: (laughs) But isn't there a difficulty in doing that? There are those who observe the current climate and see the 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 hawks are growing on both sides they are the ones who hold so we we
7: allowed it to go we allowed the Hawks now I is clearly because I'm not in Parliament I have the luxury of time to watch parliamentary proceedings Mm. and the nuances the first objection even in my mind of the MDC the minor, minor to caucus to the E Levy was on the amount, the the rate and the threshold. The rates and the threshold. But we allowed we allowed the obstinance uh, of the minister minister for finance to consolidate the opposition. And moved from and we were here you know we're Mm -hmm. Talk about 11 to move from that position of saying that well why don't you make it 1% why don't you make it 1.5 even at the point 1.5 was suggested. they said no we are going to do is 1.75 and the threshold 100 you remember at the point they said the threshold should go between 300 and 500 Mm -hmm. you remember so how come that we did not see clearly between the lines that if we did not do, if we did not do something, if we did not move, then the position of the opposition will harden. How come that? How come that we did not see through that if we did not, did not engage and negotiate? That the public will join the fight, that civil society will join the fight, that the actors in the fight will increase. I put it down to impunity, arrogance, and insensitivity. Because you see, government by the arrangement that we have is responsible for policy. It is not opposition Mm. so when government introduces a policy the opposition or minority in parliament has the right to critique the policy now in in, in criticizing and suggesting ways by which the policy could be beneficial to the whole country government sometimes listen when they are faced with difficulties of the nature that we have now But if government thinks that, it will leave the decision of whether or not the policy is good to the generality of Ghanaians and so we'll push it through. That can only happen when government has the numbers in parliament. So every government in a democracy wants to have an absolute majority in parliament in order to be able to push through its policies because any democratic government knows that even though they have a right to policy they do not have a right to the passage of that policy in parliament if they don't have the numbers and and, and this is what clearly this present regime has not yet understood mm. Tell me, after the objection to the introduction of the uh, e levy bill and then the fracas or fisticuffs in parliament over the decision to take the e Levy bill and the statutory of agency government now says i'm going to engage i'm engaging i'm consulting the question is who is government consultant who's government consultant because you see who are the decision makers in this matter Who are the decision makers it is parliament And it is by reason of the constitution that no authority institution or person has the power to impose tax except by the authority of parliament so you can consult anybody you can consult the chiefs you can consult the religious leaders if the members of parliament say that they would not pass the tax I and mean, the I mean, the tax bill. It is not never going to be imposed. Hmm. Interesting. Uh thank you for your thoughts on
4: that. Um I'm going to break so I will take that break and then I'll hear from uh my former member of parliament for okay Queen North Fusini is and then we move to the second phase of the conversation which addresses the Sarah Jasa Fuku. I'm just trying to do this in bits and pieces. We'll deal with the sarah situation but it is not just the sarah situation because the amabu we are also told um, is not, is not the best of health at the moment but uh, sarah seems to be at the heart of this so it's not just a matter of sarah jasafu if we are being uh, fair here she's not the only one who is not around he would want to be around but he cannot be around at the moment by virtue of the poor state of his health so we'll try and deal with that and then uh, also Talk course, about
2: nobody has said Sarah doesn't want to be around.
4: We'll get to, that. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that, and then also deal with the very peculiar <laughs> issue of the relationship that exists between the speaker. It seems like that cordial relationship is wearing thin at the moment between the speaker and his first uh, deputy. <laughs> so we will try and also understand uh what that situation is and what it portends for uh, what parliament wants to uh, achieve and then we will call this phase of the conversation uh a wrap you can keep sending your messages zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six and zero five five zero five eight five eight three two 0550585832 For those who want to send messages via Twitter at city nine seven three. The hashtag is the big issue. You can send it to me on at East Sportsman uh, on the same hashtag. The big issue or Facebook uh, city TV GH and then city nine seven three. Those are the pages, and um, we will gladly read the comments. I really want to hear from you on what you make about what you make of the parliamentary. Situation. The people, you are the people. Uh, these are your representatives. I have two of the former ones here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we will try and make sense of that. The big issue, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we return, we'll hear from um, uh, fuseini Issa and then move to other parts of the conversation.
3: City 97.3,
1: Accra. Okay. Is forever. Is a Welcome back to the Why big issue
4: on from... City 973 and also on City TV Ghana uh, discussing Parliament, you know, and how at the moment nothing seems to be working for most observers. Uh, parliament, there's a lack of consensus on most things, uh, the Speaker is not happy with his deputy the governing party is not happy with some of his MPs the minority also are sitting back and just watching uh, is this what our democracy has become and how can we improve it that's the conversation we are having and I was just going to bring in uh, Fusini, but Fusini forgive me uh, Dr. Kujwa Sante has to make a quick interjection because he has another program so that I can let him go and then the rest of the time is all yours so do give me just five more minutes of your time I do know you get here early but I beg you <laughs> Forgive me for this one. That's a good answer, yes, yes. yes. Let me so let me Sorry, uh, sorry so, so Apologies. No worries. No worries. He's, he understands and I also understand. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's put two issues together quickly. The difficulties the npp side has in raising numbers and also the lack of a cordial relationship between the speaker and one of his deputies primarily the first deputy speaker of mm. parliament let's put that together and we just noticed this morning that the state of the nation has been postponed uh, do you think that has anything to do mm. with what is happening in parliament
0: mm. <laughs> i mean so so the the other address are for matter uh, for me uh, there, there are many dimensions to it I think the the subject matter of leave of absence I I really think that um you know the the review of the study of this we have to take into account that if you I mean there's the basic if you have absent yourself you know 15 uh, uh sitting days but in this case uh if i understood at the point um she sought leave of absence from the executive it appears from the speaker's um statement on this matter that she had not sought leave from Parliament. Now, also, it wasn't clear the circumstances under which she sought the leave, whether it was sickness, uh, um, you know, other, other, you know, medical condition, whatever it is. But all of those things have to be sorted because these are also employer-employee relationships that you know, in in particularly with with high offices, we seem to ignore. But the rules have to be clear as to, I mean, for example, if somebody, uh, uh, a member of parliament, uh, has to take a maternity leave, what does that mean? How, how is that uh, interpreted within the rules of parliament, uh, whether it's the parliamentary service itself or you know uh, parliament as an institution? What, what are the rules that govern that? And beyond what time can you take, for example, maternity leave if that's the case? So those are just, you know, but then there's the political negotiation part, you know, that she wants to be deputy majority leader, all of those things. <laughs> now, for me, yes, that could be an internal party discussion or, you know, uh, whether it is a, a threat or whatever it is that's happening. But from a governor's point of view, it is almost perverse, you know, uh, to hold state to ransom the business of government to ransom for a private internal party matter, right? And that has to have different consequences, you know. So, the I mean, how how does that how can that be enabled in this current environment? Knowing what government has to deal with, uh, knowing all the implications on, on the business of the house business of the executive I I think politically it is' it's, it's too perverse I mean I uh, I I don't know for herself has not you know spoken on on these things but it seems to be that this is the case that you know meetings have even been held about it mm. to discuss you know uh, these these issues so for me, that part of it, uh, just for me, I, is completely not acceptable and should not be uh, be allowed. But there are technical issues in terms of parliamentary procedure about how you deal with this leave of absence matter, which of course I have to refer to the privileges committee uh, to be handled. Of course, nobody wants to be facing uh, violation. You know, it's always a toss-up in places like you know and so on. So you have to be careful. So those those are the the politics of it. But from the governor's point of view, the way this has been managed or been allowed to fester and even to the extent that you know you will charter a private plane to go and bring an MP to come and vote. This it it's just too perverse. I uh, really shouldn't we really should not be uh, encouraging and putting you know, ourselves in this position, this is taxpayers' money you're talking about, and we are here talking about trying to raise money through 11. Years. So it does not, the optics just does not make it look good. So that's the one. Then the other one is the speaker's uh, yeah. issue. And, and I have to commend Honorable uh, Bagbang uh, for, for the restraints because for me, that is the path that we have to go. To be to begin to correct the way in which we are engaging in Parliament, at least for the political class, he on two occasions he has refused to either overturn you know a ruling of his deputy that was that had overturned his own ruling, so he's shown restraint, and I think that opens the door for uh, talking and discussing. How best to deal with this matter? Because until the Supreme Court uh, rules, and I think even that ruling is more about the voting. the The issue is that the Speaker's ruling is like the jurisprudence of the parliamentary process. You know, it becomes law, and it will be referred to. Um, you know, for for other other kind of rulings so we have to be very careful with it not to play ping pong with it the logic that is applied the the legal principles uh the historical principles that are applied has to show consistency has to show rationality and if we we introduce uh, unnecessary politics into it just for securing or returning something to our benefit is going to be a real problem so I am, as I said, I'm happy that Kebabe took that approach and almost kind of opens up a political solution, a working arrangement until there can be a substantive interpretation of that process. So that's what I'll say about it. You have very competent people in the studio who are fair-minded <laughs> uh, that I know do a good job to this matter. Yeah.
4: Thank you very much, Dr. kujasante uh, for your thoughts. He's director of advocacy and policy engagement at the Center for Democratic Development, <laughs> the CDD Ghana. Uh, so Fuseni, now the floor is yours. You can put all the we've entered the you can put everything oh, Godfrey, together. Godfrey, Godfrey, I I. We can we can start with your observations on how this parliament is proceeding, uh, and then move to the other sector. So you can talk about the speakership and. Then you can speak about that just of the situation as well
2: okay let me let me again say a good morning to you mm, thank you and a good morning to my senior and a senior for senior that yeah thank and a you good morning to your viewers and your listeners mm. and also a good morning to the good people of who mm.
3: um
2: parliament and matters arising in parliament um, as a people, we all, we all recognize the uniqueness of the 8th Parliament of the Republic. Um, I was fortunate to be in a parliament and I was in another, um, in a very different circumstances where um, being a majority, we had absolute majority, so things were done a bit more differently. Um, but this, this parliament is not unique just because of the numbers, but it's the first time where we have an opposition. Uh, member actually presiding over uh, the parliament of the republic under uh, a president from a different party it's all built up into happenings in parliament over 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 the last couple of months and um, well well over a year but you see parliament itself um, we, we have maintained and continue to maintain that parliament is a master of its, its itself and so parliament has a right to be formulating rules that govern themselves and all of that so in, within such circumstances i expect that um parliament will still find a way to fashion a way to be productive and to still play its main role of um being a, a check over the executive and and, uh, and and not be an impediment into what the executive um intends to do um, when my senior colleague was making his presentation, he did make a point that the executive still remains the, uh, the, the, the proposer and implementer of policy, and then parliament remains a check. And so when, when you have a situation like we have now, where parliament as an institution or a group within parliament wants to determine what policy is, then you are really going to have a situation like what, what we have now. Um, people have spoken much about um, the, the, the numbers in Parliament, 137, 137, and, and then 137 plus 1. Mm. And people think that it's what Ghanaians wanted. Mm. Um, sometimes I wonder how come of all permutations that we could have had within a Parliament of 277, we actually arrived at this, this situation. But also what, what is pertained over the last couple of months, I'm sure some Ghanaians will sit back and, and, and also question whether it's, it's also what we, we actually um, need at this point. Remember, our democratic experimentation has been underway for a little under 30 years. And you see, even in advanced democracies where they have practiced this um, over decades and, and, and centuries in certain cases, they, every now and again, they are faced with issues of, of um, um, partisanship and, uh, within, within, within the, the houses and against the executive and all of that. So we are, we are in a situation where, like, like Dr. Kujua Santos said, like Dr. Amwakuba in my we parliament itself has to fashion a way to be able to um, inure to, to, to what Ghanaians expect of them um i i i really have not been too happy with, with what 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 the the parliament we've had since the 7th of january 2021 um because um whilst whilst i was in parliament and my senior colleague will adduce to that um maybe 99 percent of decisions in parliament were by some sort of consensus and it was even even the case where one party had a clear majority a lot of the issues. You will listen to the minority. Sometimes they, 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 they affected um, um, and what, what what the executive presented to parliament. In cases where there were bills that were quite significant, I was on the finance committee, but because of uh, my senior colleagues' experience in legislation, really act of doing the laws, he was invited even into committees that he wasn't a member. So we could utilize his expertise that in that case partisanship was secondary ghana mm. and and the parliament as an institution was important and so we we did work together as as a team and and consensus building was was the watchword and that's that is what uh, i i'm sure that even parliaments before the seventh parliament had 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 seen so in the uniqueness of issues in the numbers the the, 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 the side from which the speaker comes and I, I, I think that parliament is also still fashion a way to make it a workable parliament. And that's, that's what I expect. And when you have a very experienced uh, legislator at that, and then they, for, for, in the name of um, um, Father Bagbin, in the 7th parliament, we used to call him Father. For the main reason that the oldest in parliament is always referred to as Father. And he was the oldest member of parliament at the time. And he's still, I mean, he's not uh, technically, he's not a member of parliament now. Uh, So, we could say that from 1992, he's probably the the, the longest uh, person to have had legislative experience. Who else could you have had to preside over the institution at this time when it is is in its very trying times like this? Mm. And so, I have have also expected much more from the speaker. Mm. And and I, I tell you, if you have had personal interactions with the speaker, maybe in times past, I don't know what he is today because I am seeing a very different figure from the speaker that I knew. You see, as from a member of parliament, from the MP that I knew, as a member of parliament, especially when we are out of the jurisdiction, you get to spend time with your colleague, you get to know each other better. In, in Ghana, we are running around constitution, uh, constituency issues and work and all of that. But when you get that experience, you get to know each other very well. And sometimes you get to you get to like some of the some of them despite the fact that you're on the other side of, of the political divide but that's that's how parliament is fashioned that's how parliament is survived and that is how i would have wished that we continue to build that institution anybody who has been privileged like myself and i'm sure it applies to to my senior as well who has been privileged to be part of the institution will defend today that, that institution today 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 to a to 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 peril of your life because you i believe that Parliament is an institution that holds the future of this nation and if we have a Workable parliament that is doing what is expected of itself This country probably will make more progress and, and faster than we are doing. So the the the, the, the legislator the, that arm of government I think that uh, I, I I personally have not been happy with what I've seen in the last couple of months. I expect a bit more I despite the challenges despite the uniqueness of this of this of this uh, of parliament I did expect more you see when dr makuma was speaking he started off by saying well, and, and and people still keep saying that we have a hung parliament but technically we don't and the the, the speaker in his um, inaugural speech he was referring to this majority group and minority group Group or not, there is a majority. That's how come a, a, a side sits on his right and a side so he sits to his left. And so I, I expect that he accords them that sort of that that sort of um, um, and regard. And and expect that. I mean, in Parliament we have a, a majority leader and we have a minority. No, 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 matter how you want to look at it. But he does accord them that respect. I, that I, is I how think, he I, think that, I think. Look, look. In the past week, I I saw a video, where and I, I, I can't repeat the comments of the speaker and i felt scandalized because i'm thinking that anybody um, sitting in parliament represents a segment of the Ghanaian population
8: mm-hmm.
2: however you treat that person is an extension to how you treat the people here he or she represents and so we should we should really uh, and you see parliament itself has rules and we all know the constitution standing on this and conventions and these conventions mostly even apply to rulings of the speaker. Once the speaker rules on an issue, it becomes part of the of the of the of the, of the rules governing parliament. And we recognise that, and no legislator hasn't done that before, unless you don't attend parliament or don't take part in in, in proceedings. I mean, where you, you might be out, you'll be shouting or heckling somebody across the aisle. My senior used to do it. I I used to do it to him, and it 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 it, it enriches the happenings there. So, notwithstanding what somebody says. Sometimes an MP could get him and say, no, what you said was unparliamentary. And all the processes are there. You rather be asked to expunge what you said, even if, when you respond to, to the speaker. But to the extent of using those words, I felt scandalized. And but, I, but I, I, I think, questioned myself whether, but on, but whether this
4: was a parliament we, we really, really want to But don't you think maybe, based on, you have described him perfectly, someone who's been there for a very long time, um, listening to kujasant and he was speaking about his restraint as well. To get that kind of outburst from him at that time would mean that there's been a lot of incidents that he's let go. And finally he says, enough is enough, you let's see, work. You see, you
2: see I, I have heard, I have even heard people um, go to the extent of rationalizing fisticaps in parliament and all. I am not no, 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 no. I am not one person who will for any, uh, for, for a minute, justify such behaviors. Because look over it. When the minority go reported to have rejected the budget. The majority group did not go fighting and throwing chairs and, and pulling chairs um, from the <laughs> from the speakership or from the days or however you want to refer to it. They came back by emotion. And Parliament as an institution Always has this checks and balances. Where a decision goes against you, you have ways to come and make sure that you you get whatever you think it's 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 been it's it's been it's been been ruled against you to rectify. You you have whatever means you have. So there is no reason why anybody should physically think that they can they can they can bamboozle their way or use takashi as as we see in 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 parliament. It is very uncalled for i can i can understand that well the the, the speaker says his, his exercise is straight but in, in him saying that let us question you see there are two ways of running an office like a speaker it's either he is a speaker he he talks and and nobody challenges him because he's a speaker he presides over the affairs of parliament remember he's still not a member of parliament technically mm-hmm. and i i i for some of these happenings i have i have thought that uh, Maybe in our constitutional review, I don't know what actually went into the constitutional review, so I can't sit here, but I think that it would be, be nice for us to have a speaker from within parliament,
4: those also as is practiced in the UK. There are those also saying we the first three should not be in front parliament, These are the shouldn't? circumstances we have. Well, I'm just saying diverse opinions.
2: Like, as practice in the UK, we have certain privileges, such that if he opts to go for re-election and all of that. Nobody could test him and all of that. That's, that's fine. That's what they have practiced and it's worked for them. Unlike the U.S. system. Even in the U.S. system. I mean, the the, 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 the rules allows for a speakership from outside of Congress, but it's not happened yet. All speakers have come from within within Congress. So these are some of the things we have to do. We, we still are under 30 years. In the speaker having to um, exercise that sort of restraint, what sort of office does a speaker run? Is he the speaker who takes decisions in consultation with his two deputies? Is he the speaker who decides on something and then he implements without consulting his deputies? Is he running an office as the Speaker of Parliament? Or he running a speakership office? These are two ways. I mean, globally, these are two ways in which this office has been run himself has admitted that he has to fashion a way to present a more coherent a more coherent way of ruling and presiding over the age so what has he been doing in the past i i probably sit here with a few and uh, privilege informations which i don't intend mm-hmm. to to, to actually to actually develop, uh, on a platform like yours but the question we should be asking is what type of speakership has he been, a, been discussing issues with, with, with his first deputy speaker who he purposed to have issues with? How has he held it on? When he was second deputy speaker, was there a way or things that happened in the office of the speaker that he wasn't happy with? And how has he ensured that those issues or those particular instances are improved for the current deputy speakers? These are the realities of it. And I, I have said on other platforms that, look, when the fish walks, it starts from the head. It starts from the head. It doesn't start from the tail. MPs cannot be blamed for some of these things. I, I still hold You're it. Certain. I think that the office of the speaker, when he wants to run the sole speakership, or uh, run, run the speakership or office in consultation with his deputies, is what he has to determine. For him to have admitted, that he is now going to fashion a way to ensure that there is some level of coherence of rulings coming from his office means that in the past, the, he has recognized that there has been some, some, some shortfalls. In the past, he has recognized some shortfalls. And I think that if, if we are able to reform the office of the Speaker, we will be able to get Parliament to play the role that we expect. But this also is an indication for Ghanaians who think that our democracy is gotten to an extent where we can have parliament being handled by one party and the executive being ruled by the other. It is for us all, 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 all to see now. Like but for politicians instance, to
4: show maturity rather than the matter of well, you say you want it. This is how it is. I
2: have I have I have told shouldn't you shouldn't you be
4: showing more maturity. I have told you over and again a, a time and again.
2: In my time in, in, in parliament, over four years. There were just about four instances where we, we, we did actually vote on issues that were straight and and
4: also, also when on appointed But if we had come to a vote it was going to be inconsequential. It was one sixty nine.
0: It was it
8: was
4: see, sometimes, sometimes you know
2: you know that you are going to now. lose a vote, but for the sake of the records. And these are tools open to MPs. You know that you lose a vote, but for the sake and for the records in the handset you want to, everybody to know that you, you actually uh, fought and stood, stood against us to a certain extent. And that, that, those are tools open to MPs, and nobody can deprive them of that. You okay. see? So these are, these, are, these are things and reforms that I expect. And for me, I still sit back and say, in such unique circumstances, who else could have even done better That's than Speaker than, Backman, back who has had the benefits of all speakers that we have had in the Fourth Republic, okay. he was there under D.F. Anand. He was there under. Um, um, <laughs> under he, he was there under the Siti Hughes. He was there under. Do, um, Do um, no, before Dojao. Then we
7: don't.
2: And then Dojao, and even to the Almighty. Professor kue Professor O'Kwe. You see, speaker after speaker. It's when we walk into Parliament. And my my senior colleague we know we've seen speakers and people who graduate dear Justice just dear with the building of the institution because look in 1993 he was challenged because he had to look as far back as 19 probably 7 1881 to be able to get people with parliamentary experience and even on our side at the time you had to look maybe to 1969 to the likes of JH Mensah and maybe Kufwa in 79, to, who have parliamentary experience. But Kufo wasn't in parliament. It was H Minister. So, look, we had to look as far back as 69 to get people with parliament to be able to f- fashion out how we wanted our parliament to go under the fourth republic. Mm. D.F. is credited with that. After him came al And people will tell you in parliament, being a parliamentary staff, being the main piece who have been there for ages. He has a legacy. He left a legacy.
4: I don't think Speaker is leaving a legacy. I am, I am coming to it. No, by the time you are, run, you are done going through all. No, no, I'm not going through all. I'm not going through all. You see, I'm, just,
2: I'm, just being, I'm not just being selective. But I'm, I'm saying that if you walk into Parliament today, if you want to look at what has transpired in our Parliament since 1993, you see that those speakers stand tall. Today, you go into Parliament and, and for the list of it, you get, oh, we want to do a private members bill. I was there. It never happened under any speaker until Speaker Mike Michael Quay. And that is one of the biggest legacies. He always kept saying that he would want to leave that legacy where members of parliament, independent of what executive things, could actually bring up bills that are passed. Today, it's, it's, it's very refreshing mm. to know that MPs have started getting that sort of leeway. To be able to think on their own and affect legislation in this country as members of parliament and legislators that they are, they are supposed to be, and that one everybody knows that it was Michael Pui who made sure that it, it, it became a reality. That's his legacy. I'm hoping, I'm hoping mm-hmm. that the legacy of the current speaker will not be what we have seen over the last couple of
4: months. Okay, okay point one made there. I want you to deal with the address a full issue quickly for me so I go to dr. Mahoma
2: you see the, the, the issue of one uh, Sarah address for, it is very difficult for me to actually comment on actually, okay no I'll, I'll be
4: very I'll be very frank with you because you see former colleague of yours and all it is
2: it is it is not just that but I am looking at it as 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 any Ghanian would. you saw what happened in the head constituency when when your 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 when your, your, your journalist went to the grounds some of this I am not too sure what the situation is, you can speculate to what extent that um, she's making demands or she's not well. I don't, don't look well. like speculation. The People, I, 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 people I, 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 have
4: said what they have said. I, I, I don't
2: I, I, so speculate. You see, you see, you see. Um, there, 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 there may be there may be some item of uh, um I, I I I maybe. No, I don't, don't, don't reflect that. I understand you. I will let let maybe, maybe
4: that. That's not how I should go. But I think that because um, I mean, because just to say this, I, I'll, I'll not even make reference to. Say Anabu Kennedy Japan or Anabu Achibefe in this matter, but I have heard John Wedd who runs the MPP mm-hmm. make comments on this and says the National Executive Committee of the party is discussing this matter. Let's leave it at that
2: and uh, let's leave mm-hmm. it at that. Let's 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 allow NEC to go through because as I sit here, what NEC knows, I, I, I don't I, know. and I don't
4: want to speculate on this issue. No problem there. I let me go let go me deal with Dr. Dr. Richard Amwakuba on this. Dr. you have been vociferous on the the address of situation uh but i'll try and get him i think i think i seem to have lost him but then we come in then and deal with uh inusa on this matter inusa puts the speakership matter together for me the the relationship between the speaker and his deputy and then uh, the absence of I, i have a feeling okay and well i have a theory that perhaps parliamentary work and the limelight that has been shone on it and the difficulties would not have been as exacerbated as it is now if not for the absence of Ajua safo and Anabuku Jokum
7: from parliament <clears throat> so first of all the speakership i get the lamentations of my brother and friend if you say any. lamentations that's a book talk- in the bible <laughs> He he, he will review that the speaker (laughs) should have come from the ruling party. The convention has been that the speaker has always come from the ruling party because of the numbers. Mm. But there is no requirement in the constitution or in the standing orders that says that the speaker must be a member of a ruling party. There's no such requirement. Now, we also, the American democracy says that, look, a speaker can come from outside parliament. But they have chosen over the years to always elect their speakers from parliament. But you know American politics is excessively partisan. Mm-hmm. Excessively partisan. And so you want a speaker who will help your cause in the in the house. Now in the British Parliament is a parliament of equals. Except that we have first amount equals. So you must be a member of parliament not be qualified to be a member of parliament you must be a member of parliament before you can be eligible okay you must belong to the club Mm. before you can take up a position and so that is that is their conception so that you know exactly you can take part in the debate you can vote because you are a member of parliament that is their arrangement we somehow fuse the two and so definitely there will be difficulties. So, over the years, we have had speakers who have been elected by their parties. Even in the case of Peter, the late Peter Alajete, when the Kufo sought to change him as Speaker and bring Beginner Sachi the minority proposed Speaker Alajete. Again, that is to demonstrate that what is needed of a Speaker is. Impartiality, rationality, okay, inconsistency. The one who has demonstrated the capacity and competence to manage the house. So the the minority then thought that even though Alajite had been an unrepentant uh, MPP member, it don't go booze but they thought that he had the competence, he had the fairness the impartiality to continue to administer the house. So they put him up and lost their second deputy position. They lost it. Because again, by consensus, they had always said, look, so the second deputy position will be given to you, even in the multi-party democracy, we will give it to you. Now, so what do we have? We have a hierarchy. And you know, as a lawyer, student of law, when you have a hierarchy, gives you an indication of the order of importance so on top of the hierarchy is a speaker Mm -hmm. then you have first deputy speaker then you have second deputy speaker and any person presiding. the person who controls the house who is responsible for order and the enforcement of the rules of the house The speaker now, when the speaker is in the chair and for reasons best known to him, he cannot continue to be in the chair. He doesn't invite the constitution, doesn't say the external order, doesn't say that you invite the second deputy speaker unless the first deputy speaker is not available. He invites the first deputy speaker to take the chair. The first deputy speaker takes the chair by the standing orders of parliament as a deputy speaker as a deputy that's what the southern orders say as a deputy speaker mm-hmm. but has the powers of a speaker so status wise he's still a deputy speaker but for the purposes of bringing order and enforcing the rules of the house has the powers of a speaker now what has been happening to Baldwin is regrettable and I do feel sympathy, tremendous sympathy for him, because <laughs> because he really, many people have not come to terms. about what happened on the 7th of January, and some have some continuously blame themselves. For the outcome that happened, I was in Parliament on the 7th of January, and I would say that I was part of discussions. I was really surprised. But understandably so. When I was let in on information that the choice of the president, Professor Michael quay would not be approved, MPP did not know that. Their intelligence did not pick that. They didn't pick that because two things clearly worked against Michael Kwe. I liked Michael Kwe. I respected him as speaker. He he actually. Appreciated and acknowledge contributions to the institution of Parliament. My contribution to the day that we decided to take Mubarak's first private members' bill, which was an amendment to the Tra- Traffic and Other Offences Act, mm. is still there for everybody to see. I lauded him, but again, but Makokwe, as a politician, had intervened. Interfered with processes in the Greater Accra region. And the MPs, some MPs who had escaped his interference, had sworn never to vote him but what the party said. No, 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 when, no. Where, no. You mm. no, said you have information, no, no. you're not
4: willing to divulge. He has information, he's willing to divulge. No, 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 I
2: want no. him to
7: divulge I'm
4: the Greater it is public knowledge. For instance, that Adwoa Saffo was not happy.
8: No, but we were
2: We say so as if as if as if my Jr. does not qualify in his own right to contest but to that, come to well, Baltimore. Well, remember and, he's been a an even a regional executive but be
8: naive. naive. Ooh, I look, who, the influence <laughs> I mean, I mean, so
7: of my Kwe <laughs> in the, the MPP. I am just, just giving you information. I about, want that
4: information. And that is why. That, that is why. you are.
8: I to say this. that is why. Allow him to give them all the information.
0: where they are. them information because they didn't.
7: They didn't. want They didn't do their homework well. Now, and you have a one thirty-seven. 137. And at a time that M- MDC was retiring into conclave for the purposes of preparing for the swearing in of parliament and the election of the speaker, it was already known to the caucus that two members of the MPP had elected not to vote. Now, who so are they? I won't disclose well, the name. I know them. No, I won't disclose the no, name. you know them. Oh, Fusini, you know what? My but you yeah. see, but you see in politics.
2: I I never get the opportunity to interact with my senior, so allow me to.
7: <laughs> but you see <say> in politics, <laughs> positive voting, <laughs> <laughs> positive voting for a motion positively, has the same effect as abstaining from the vote. So, in parliament, if you have one thirty-seven, one thirty-seven, and even two people. Said that okay, we'll vote back, we'll vote for Bagben, but we won't vote Marco. The effect the next effect is that you are voting back. Because the numbers will show that a majority of members of parliament voted back. So it was so clear. Now, because you have not come to terms and you hear people say that oh Bakbu is NDC, when there is no law that prevents a president from choosing the person. Who has a different political situation in presiding over the House? There's no law that prevents that. Mm. So, the fact that Bagboom has an NDC background should not operate to frustrate him in the performance of his functions. And that is what the first deputy speaker is doing. What the first deputy speaker has done is consistently set himself up as an alternate speaker. And That's what he's doing. So, if MPP could not have a speaker, they now have a speaker in the first deputy speaker.
4: But, but you you, you said something interesting, he can only sit when he's invited. Yes, so when he's invited,
8: that's but, why but said, he's being invited. That's then that's he's being invited, invited, consists a lot. A lot
4: that's, I didn't room use, room. that's
7: why they use that. That's why they use the last time I used parallel, I was invited to the BN. That's why I didn't use parallel <laughs> because you can't sit at the same time that
8: government
7: Yes. But that's this
4: But if, if you know that this person has a track record of setting aside what you do or disagreeing with you, why, why do
7: you give him the opportunity so many times? Because that's that what the standard order says. If you cannot and the first deputy speaker is there, you invite him. If the first deputy speaker unless he's not there if he's there you have to invite him you see order respect consistency can you imagine if the first and deputy speakers are there and the speaker wants to leave a chair and invite the second deputy speaker instead of the first you will be introducing confusion into parliament and that's why by the practice and conventions of parliamentary practice you don't do that the deputy speaker his chairs as deputy speaker so you should be mindful of decisions that you have taken in this particular decision to reverse the exercise of judgment or the use of discretion by the speaker to admit a motion to set up a committee under Order 191 to investigate COVID 19 funds. You, this is the speaker an exercised that discretion, and he alone has that discretion. He alone has that discretion to admit the motion (laughs) and he admits the motion and the speaker says no the admission of the motion was an error you do not understand he aired in admission the motion because there's a public council so you're questioning you see it's just like a court of appeal and the court of appeal judge questioning the ruling of a supreme court judge you understand mm. or a high court questioning a court of appeal or a second court questioning high a high court, court. you don't do that if you want consistency if you want rationality if you want to protect the sanctity and dignity of parliament you don't do that now if the motion is admitted and in and, and the days of annan when the mpp filed a motion to investigate the alleged 5 million bribe from abacha Was it alleged? It's not alleged. Because no court subsequent no 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 no. No, no court, no ah, but you is that how you prove account
8: <laughs> Subsequent <laughs>
7: facts are No, what, what? no no court, no no commission of inquiry had established that fact. So I still say alleged. By subsequent facts. What I'm saying is that what did Anand do? Let me say had majority in parliament. But the motion was admitted by Justice Anand now when the motion was admitted a counter motion was filed whether or not it was proper to set up the committee in view of the investigations that was being carried out by other state agencies and that motion was debated you know and when that motion was debated the the vote was taken on that motion it was said that it would be wrong to for parliament to set up a parallel investigative yeah. body to that; those investigative bodies carrying out, and that's how that motion was defeated. It wasn't rejected because someone will get up and raise a preliminary objection that other committees or commissions are investigating. No, that's how Parliament takes decisions. You debate it. Okay. So I don't know why, uh, 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 unless of course he is uh, playing a game plan. I don't know why he entertained the objection the preliminary objection that was raised to the admission of the motion and put himself in that that you should have just advised that they file a counter motion and demonstrate to the to the parliament that look and the counter motion will be debated on the floor of the house and the vote taken and if the counter motion succeeded then but you know why t-
4: hold, hold on for me I, I, will, I will i will i have some new information coming in i have yeah? to take a break to just deal with that We'll take a big break. We'll ride back. Back
8: from
4: the big here. issue. And uh, we have a response actually from the first deputy speaker, uh, the Hon. Joseph Osewusu. Uh, he has issued a statement uh, today uh to in response to the right honorable speakers communication on 23rd february 2020 uh it's quite a lengthy uh it's a i think it's five pages if i'm not mistaken uh i i wanted to read all of it but perhaps time might not permit me. i don't know fred if i can do that um but okay so let me just go through this quickly it says ladies and gentlemen i've had to resort to the media to respond to the formal statements by the Speaker of Parliament, right Honorable number of to the House in the full glare of the media because I, unlike the Speaker, do not have the privilege of the use of Order 53-1E, which the Speaker has frequently resorted to in the 8th Parliament. On Wednesday, 23rd February, Mr. Speaker once again issued one such formal communication by Mr. Speaker. In the said formal communication, Mr. Speaker purported to comment on the error which in his view I committed when I permitted the deputy majority leader to raise a preliminary objection to a motion Mr. Speaker had earlier admitted and which was advertised on the order paper for the 23rd of February. Mr. Speaker's complaint is that I should not have allowed the motion to be moved after same had been seconded, but rather I should have allowed it to be moved before the motion he had earlier admitted was seconded. I have read that Mr. Speaker said that he had directed and actually instructed me to allow the deputy leader to move his motion before it was seconded. Whilst I do not doubt Mr. Speaker's statement, I must confess that I heard otherwise and I indeed so ruled and stated that the objection be moved after secondment. The hazard will bear me out that I stated clearly that Mr. Speaker said the motion or the preliminary objection be moved after secondment. Indeed, if this was an error, it was an error I shared with the minority, which also confirmed what I thought I heard Mr. Speaker say. But Mr. Speaker did not end it at pointing out my purported miscommunication or presa- misapprehension of his order. Rather, he continued to comment on what he says has become the pension of the honorable first deputy speaker to overrule my rulings is to say the least unconstitutional, illegal, and offensive. That's a quote. This is where I find Mr. Speaker's communication to the House most unfair and totally unreflective of my conduct as the first deputy speaker in the 7th and 8th Parliament mr speaker proceeded to cite as an example my ruling by the majority to declare the purported vote to reject the 2022 budget by 137 of the 275 member house of parliament as falling short of the number required to take a decision and therefore unconstitutional null and void in fact for in his statement from the chair subsequent to that ruling he described my conduct as tantamount to insubordination On that occasion i characteristically elected not to comment on mr speaker's statement in public in order not to create the impression that there's tension between him and his deputy there is however no doubt that in putting the question when the record showed that there were less than half of all members of parliament in the chamber mr speaker had contravened under 1091 of the standing orders and more importantly article 1041 of the 1992 constitution the purported decision of the house was nullity, and i rightly so declared it ladies and gentlemen Admission of a motion by the speaker is an administrative exercise. When the speaker admits a motion and forces through the process to the business committee and same is programmed and advertised on the order paper, that marks the end of that process. The admission of the motion is complete, a fair a complete. I cannot, by any stretch of imagination, see how that can be called a ruling of Mr. Speaker and how I can overturn such a ruling. I hold the view, however, that once the motion has been advertised on the order paper and placed before the house, a member is entitled to raise an objection to, its legal, to, uh, an objection to question its legality or otherwise. When any such objection is raised and is argued as was the case on Tuesday, the 22nd of February, the presiding officer, whether it is Mr. Speaker himself, any of his deputies, or a member elected to preside, that presiding officer is duty-bound to make a ruling after that objection has been argued. On 22nd February when Mr. Speaker invited me to take the chair, he, Mr. Speaker, had already admitted the motion to raise the preliminary objection and had indeed directed when that motion should be taken. After I heard arguments from the proponents of the motion and adversaries, I was convinced that the objection was well placed and I therefore sustained it. It was never a review of any decision earlier taken by Mr. Speaker to admit the motion to set up a special committee as he seems to suggest in his formal communication. I relied on Order 191 of the standing orders in coming to the decision I arrived at. I am still convinced that the public accounts committee of parliament has the mandate and character as the committee sought to set up by the motion earlier admitted by mr speaker to say that my ruling is offensive illegal or unconstitutional because he would have ruled differently is in my view a rather a dangerous approach to democracy mr speaker and i have worked in different capacities since the sixth parliament in the sixth parliament whilst he was chairman of the constitutional and legal committee i was the ranking member of the same committee We worked closely together on a number of bills and we had different views on a number of issues during our work we each strongly pursued we each strongly argued our positions and when we could not reconcile our different positions we agreed to disagree but we each respected the other's right to his view in the seventh parliament we were the two deputy speakers to the then speaker of parliament right honorable michael quay on and out the on and out of the floor of parliament we held different views on a number of issues holding a different view on issues from mr speaker therefore is not new to him since becoming the speaker however right honorable Bagbin appears to think that holding a different view from himself is becoming is unbecoming and insubordinate of a deputy speaker indeed mr speaker's last description of my ruling as illegal unconstitutional and offensive is most unfortunate an epitome of intolerance of differing views ladies and gentlemen i would like to place on record that the speaker a deputy speaker or a member presiding exercises the same powers and applies the same standing orders and constitutional provisions to manage the house. the house whilst on the chair it is not the case of the president and his vice as mr speaker suggests as many times as i have the opportunity to preside i will apply the standing orders and relevant constitutional provisions as i understand them and if need be be guided by precedent I have never entertained any application for a review of a ruling of Right Honorable Speaker and I will never do so. Finally, in Mr. Speaker's last communication to the House, he stated, In fact, the Honorable First Deputy Speaker was in my office and I am telling you that I told him before leaving to the airport. Yes, I went to Mr. Speaker's office to inform him that I am leading Ghana's delegation to the Pan-African Parliament meeting in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, on the morning of 23rd February. But it is not true that Mr. Speaker commented on my ruling in my presence at that meeting. Neither did he say any of the things in the statement to me. Rather, he said he had complaints that had overruled the minority's motion. But he has now obtained copies of the proceedings of the 22nd and he is now going to take a look at it. He then moved on to discuss other things relating to our work as a parliament. Indeed, he said he had not read the proceedings as at the time I was with him. So I am surprised to hear that he has commented on it to me. I have never shied away from showing my disagreements with Mr. Speaker if need be. In my view, that is what democracy is. In my view, that is what democracy is about. And that is what it ought to be. Mr. Speaker should have the courage to accept that others may hold a different view from his very own, even if they are subordinate to him. Thank you. Coming from the first deputy speaker, Honorable Joseph Osei Wusu. So, gentlemen, we both have this document. We have about, I'll split this uh, response. To this just five minutes five minutes and then we'll wrap it up
7: i'm not commenting on mm-hmm. yourself
4: yeah you know why we'll get okay do address for then we'll come back to this <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, yeah. A, okay I'll make. at the end so let's deal with this one and then you can go quickly so uh and um, we've heard from you know, his side of the story and his he seems to explain quite clearly what his understanding of his position is and what he's supposed to do, and he's clear that he's, fact, that I, he's I, doing that. everything. I I agree in total mm.
2: with the position of the first speaker because, and uh, pedestrians you know this: when he presides mm-hmm. over the proceedings of the house, he exercises the same authority as the speaker. Mm. It doesn't say that he should and um, sit in the chair and continue with what the the, the, what the speaker doing. was doing that's that even even before I, I, I get to the point the case of the motion being accepted by the speaker there are procedures I mean before a motion is as, accepted at plenary you should have shown to the speaker it has gone through processes and like he said those are administrative processes and once you admit the motion, complete the process is there the next stage is where issues start at plenary so at plenary, for what I I glean and for information I got is ex- exactly what the first deputy speaker is expressing in, in this in, in this release mm. there was a motion and for me from what I, I have heard even before I came on this platform was that um the, the speaker had accepted that the deputy majority leader also, states his case after the the motion is been moved and seconded, and that's exactly what transpired. And this whole process is went on just like any other motion will, will go through. And you made a ruling, and then you have a problem with this ruling because you don't, or you would have ruled differently. Is that tantamount to insubordination when he, as first deputy, also has a right to rule on such issues when he's presiding? And he, like he said. He he ruled based on his understanding of the rules and, and governed by the, the, the rules of parliament, first guided by the constitution, the standing orders and conventions. And that's exactly what he did. And for me, we should we should we should we should recognize the fact that we read the same constitution, we read the same standing orders, we've seen that we've been through the same conventions in Parliament. But we will disagree on issues based on our own um um, intuitive or how we understand some of these provisions, and so for me, the first deputy speaker did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong, and I I, I stand by him okay. with this press release, everything that he has here. that I've even heard. But like I said, I, I was pretty to certain information. Which you said the name yes, yeah. but thankfully, those matters on this platform, that he did that with the express. Instruction of the Speaker that give the majority side also an opportunity to state their their, 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 objection. their, their objection to this motion. And he would the fact that we have already have a statutory body which has the, the, the mandate to undertake such audits within a given time. And this report is going to come back to Parliament. And Parliament is still going to have an opportunity through the Public Accounts Committee and even at plenary to also
4: state. So why the duplication? No
7: problem. Yeah. You're know, sir. Well, so you see, this is another manifestation of the deep, deep rift in Parliament. Babwen, uh, uh, Joseph Osebuju, uh, Babwen the Speaker, Joseph Osebuju is a member of Parliament. And also a first deputy speaker. The subject matter of what we are discussing happened in Parliament. The the doors of Parliament are not closed to Joseph Osewusu, but he decides to cut the court. I mean, the court of public, the court of public arena. And that is the rift. I can assure you that even though I'm not Bagwen, but I feel and believe that Bagwen will not be happy with this statement. And it will further entrench the rift. I thought that, and so I agree with Kujasanti, for Parliament should take opportunity in the new standing orders that, that they are coming up with to clearly demarcate and define. The functions of the speaker, the powers of the speaker, the powers of the deputy speakers, and any other person presiding. Okay, it should be it should be done clear. Okay. But okay. order fifty-three is order of business. It's just order of business. Order fifty-three that he relied on. When he is presiding as speaker and has communication, he can make that communication. He has communication. He can make that communication. Okay. The speaker, okay. now, I and I just a I just case is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to the. Uh, oh, no, no, we don't have Let him just, just a second. I just you. a second. I
2: you see, Oromo made a, a statement that this is going to further. Uh, that's the, that's, deep that's deep his opinion. opinion. That's his opinion. No, no, that's his opinion. But I see that look, the speaker, as we have seen, he delves into territories that are, especially when he's presiding. It's okay. We, we've seen that before, so it's okay. No, you haven't seen that before. It's the only
4: speaker that is doing that. We haven't seen that. Sam George, you several videos and tips of that, so don't worry. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, Let's two minutes, minutes. two minutes.
7: It just has two minutes. Let's go. The conduct of Adios, Safo, the matters and information coming out of the presence absent of Present absence of Adiosafu in Parliament is not only embarrassing, it's shocking. Hmm. Yes. Oh. It's shocking and embarrassing because Adiosafu is a member of Parliament for the Dombi Kwabinya constituency. Article 1 c makes it very clear that a, pair, a member of Parliament cannot be absent without the permission of the speaker for 15 days and if he is absent without the permission of the speaker the conduct of that member of parliament has to be referred to the privileges committee for a reasonable explanation of his absence or her absence if that cannot if that member has no reasonable explanation that member vacates that's it you see Yes, Article 20. is very quiet. Artic- guess it? No, it's not what it. Oh, this is a constitutional provision. Yeah, but who triggers it? No, this, this a constitutional parliament? provision. You can even trigger it by going to court. Article 3, Article 3 of the Constitution is very clear. You must read the Constitution as a whole. Even though Joseph is a member of Parliament, look at Article 3. Any person who be no Article 3. Oh uh, well, just a minute. I just read it a few minutes ago. At at article three, article two, article two of the constitution, enforcement of the constitution. Any person who alleges and b two one b any act or omission of any person is inconsistent with or is in contravention of a provision of this constitution will bring an action in the Supreme Court for a declaration to that effect. So you, Fisene, <laughs> if even yourself who ended Article 97, 1C, one is a provision of this Constitution. Mm-hmm. And if you allege that the act of accepting herself from Parliament or the omission of not bringing attending Parliament is in contravention of a provision of this Constitution, Bring an action in the Supreme Court. So it's very clear. I what, think needs what, be done? It, what needs to be done. And if you decide to take a parliamentary route, uh, route then her conduct must be raised with the in, in, with the, in parliament. And then the speaker will refer her conduct to the privileges committee for investigation. And that is where, because of the principles or rules of natural justice, on the Pattern, pattern or, or the altering pattern here here face now because of that rule of natural justice you have to listen to her for an explanation if in, in the view of the com, co, uh, uh, parliamentary committee of privileges her explanation is reasonable she she's she's, she's, okay. she's okay if it they come to the conclusion that is not her explanation is not reasonable and that she left parliament without any reason then they recommend to parliament that she vacates it and the vote will be taken in parliament but any person you and I come together
4: this Consider this? can go to Interesting. question all right thank you very much on that uh, let's move the conversation on let's do a bit of international relations uh, uh I said he, he doesn't have like even called now Musa Fusini, former member of Parliament et You are still with me on this. Uh you are welcome to stay as well. Uh if you have that conversation. But we'll be joined for this part of the conversation by Stephen Gus. Uh, he's the head of the Russia Afri- uh, the Russia Africa uh, program at uh, the South African Institute of International Affairs, uh, specializes in Russia and specializes in african affairs so he was joining this part of the conversation as well but uh, i think we've, everybody's aware of what has been happening in russia where uh, russian forces under the instruction of uh their, their president vladimir putin have launched a full-scale scale assault on ukraine uh, attacking cities from the north east and south we've seen uh, reports uh, of uh, you know assaults happening uh, but the impact We've, had, we've spoken to Ghanaian students of whom there are over a thousand. Uh, and other Ghanaian residents, we've seen images of them also seeking shelter in parts of Ukraine. Uh, there have been calls even on the floor of parliament uh, to put in plans, to put in place plans to evacuate Ghanaian citizens who want to leave. Uh, and indeed, uh, there's a, yesterday we heard from the Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs uh they issued a press release uh, just read that quickly it says further to the ministry of foreign affairs and regional integrations press release of 24th february 2022 on the deteriorating security on the deteriorating security situation in ukraine and the safety of the Ghanaian nationals. the ministry wishes to update the general public as follows that one the ministry through its mission in Bern Switzerland and the honorary consulate in Ukraine are in touch with the Ghanaian students in Ukraine through their leaders Two, a list of students has been compiled to facilitate an evacuation exercise three following the closure of the ukrainian experts have become challenging to airlift our competitors from kiev and other parts of the country hence the only viable means of evacuation is by land to neighboring countries such as moldova belarus slovakia and hungary Four, discussions with authorities in switzerland turkey moldova poland hungary romania and slovakia to assist with the smooth evacuation of Ghanaians in ukraine are far advanced the officials of the relevant Ghana, Ghana diplomatic missions and councils are on standby to facilitate the passage of students who had commenced their journey by road to Romania and Hungary, and that the government has put in place the necessary package to facilitate the transportation, accommodation, feeding, medical support to ease the burden on our compatriots. As the ministry of foreign affairs and regional integration continues to engage with other stakeholders such as the ghana scholarship secretariat the security services and other state institutions we urge our compatriots to remain calm as measures are finalized for their imminent safe evacuation the ministry will keep updating the general public on the progress of the evacuation exercise this was sent to all media houses from the ministry of foreign affairs but let me get on zoom and speak to Stephen Gress, who's joined this f- part of the conversation Stephen, good afternoon, and welcome to the big issue in Ghana.
9: Uh, good afternoon. It's always my pleasure to to talk to Ghanaians. I've been to your beautiful country twice, and I can't wait for the next opportunity to to visit Accra and uh, the other regions of Ghana. Thank you for having me.
4: Always uh, well, a pleasure. Um, let's let's get this on the road quickly. What exactly does Vladimir Putin want to achieve with this?
9: Good question. Um, I think what he wants is a compliant government in ukraine that is more favorable towards russia Uh, ukraine's moves over the last decades since the soviet union broke up in 1991 has been being drifting slowly closer and closer to the west in 2013 it was uh considering a a partnership with the European Union and had talked about wanting to enter NATO and for Putin, this was a step too far. And so Ukraine was invaded in 2014. Uh, Crimea was occupied. There was a sham referendum where 99% uh, voted to be part of Russia. And there's been a low-level conflict in the Donbas region uh, uh, for the last eight years, where 14,000 Ukrainians have died in that in that conflict. Uh, That was that was a frozen conflict, uh, spurred by Russian separatists and and Russian troops. Um, It seems that he wants to regain the glory of the soviet union of the russian czars that he wants a russian sphere of influence in eastern europe where uh, other countries are not allowed to interfere and he really wants a compliant regime in kiev it doesn't seem like he wants to uh, incorporate kiev into russia proper but he wants a situation like is in belarus at the moment where uh, they allowed uh, russian troops for example to to um, mount attacks on ukraine on belarus territory i'm
4: interested but you're talking about the search for compliance in this era that we live in in this world that we live in is 2022 wouldn't one say an invasion of a sovereign country under this pretext be a bit of an extreme act just to get compliance
9: Absolutely. Um, I think uh, it it is uh, an extreme act. Uh, Many thought that they would never see a war of this scale on European soil ever again after the European uh, integration project, after the end of the Cold War. Um, And this is really a, a, a big country throwing its weight around, intimidating a small country, invading, attacking. Uh, undermining and it's deplorable and I think uh, credit must go to the African countries sitting on the UN Security Council of which Ghana is one of them as I'm sure you well know Mm. along with Gabon and Kenya Uh, all three made very strong statements in support of a UN resolution on Ukraine uh, condemning Russia of course Russia itself vetoed that resolution so it was not passed but uh, I think all credit can go to our three African representatives on the UN Security Council this year for taking a very strong and unequivocal stand on this conflict and on where its origins were and, and what needs to be done. You, you, you talk about the responses
4: and it's about words again. Uh, Ghana, said, Ghana used strong words. Kenya used strong words. Gabon used strong words. China holds a certain position that you cannot use these words. Uh, for the casual observer, there's a frustration with the international response to this.
9: Could there have been other options? Absolutely. I think uh, you know I can I can share the frustration of of many of the citizens of the world. I mean the 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 bottom line is that I think African countries have very little leverage on this situation apart from are standing up for morals and principles. We don't have the huge amount of trade with Russia, although, of course, Russia has been much more uh, engaged and involved in Africa in the last 20 years, and in particular since 2014, when many of its markets closed up because of the first round of sanctions for the first invasion of Ukraine. We've also seen uh, the heavy presence of private military companies from Russia, including the Wagner Group, which have been involved in countries such as uh, Central African Republic, Burkina Faso, Mali, uh, and other countries in in West Africa that have been subject to coups. There's a big correlation as to whether uh, there was a coup and whether there were Russian mercenaries either in that country or in neighboring countries, but I'll leave
0: that there. Um,
9: I mean, some say America should be sending troops, NATO should be sending troops. The fact is that Ukraine is not a member of NATO. It does have 30 members. Of which uh, at least four are neighbors of the soviet uh, sorry, of russia uh those being norway latvia lithuania and estonia so i think the pretext of saying we don't uh russia doesn't want uh ukraine in nato uh, because then nato will be on its borders the fact is uh, you, uh, uh nato has been on its borders since 1949 when norway joined and since 24 2004 when the baltic states joined um you know uh because because ukraine's not a NATO member uh, NATO is not obliged to defend it it is not uh, because uh, it, it, it goes by the principle of an attack on one is an attack on all so there are no legal treaty obligations by countries to to get involved in this war which is a bit i think a sadness um there have been increasing over the last couple of days uh increasing Calls for sanctions and imposition of sanctions by Western countries, mostly, um, but uh, there have also been weapons shipments to to Ukraine by uh, NATO by NATO allies. Um, but are we going to see American troops in Kiev tomorrow? I'm afraid we are not going to see that.
6: Let,
4: let me ask you about this quickly. Do you think Europe misread? russia on this do they think putin was bluffing with this
9: i I think uh, they shouldn't have misread it because we've seen at least twice before in georgia in 2008 and in ukraine itself in 2014 that uh, putin is serious about this i think what has shocked everybody really though is the scale of this invasion Uh, most were saying he would move into the eastern breakaway regions uh, and take over or help them take over more territory in the east of the country, which is mainly Russian speaking. But he has launched uh, troops and missiles from land, from sea, from air, and are approaching very, very quickly onto Kiev, the capital. There have been skirmishes in the, out, in the uh, outer suburbs. Uh, the Chernobyl um, nuclear reactor, which we all know in 1986, blew up and caused uh, incredible human and environmental damage. That was taken by russian troops yesterday um there'd be nuclear threats so um, I, th- I think uh, maybe before 2008 we could have thought he was bluffing but this has been building up for months and uh, uh putin has unleashed lethal force on on uh, a tiny well, a much smaller country uh although one of the biggest in europe um uh, with no compunction and in a very Uh, violent and and, uh, cavalier way. Uh, You know, are we back in the 18th century age of empires? Again, for the
4: layperson who look at some of these things, they always look at this with regards to conspiracies. Russia wants something from Ukraine outside of just compliance. Maybe Ukraine is... uh, Economically, is there anything Hmm. Russia gets from...
9: So, so, so as I say, I don't think I don't think Russia is going to formally annex Ukraine. I may be wrong. We I think nobody really knows where this is going to end. But if there's a friendly regime in in Kiev, uh, Russia gets access more more access to Ukrainian minerals. Uh, Ukraine is a very uh, uh, big agricultural producer of of grain, of wheat, of barley, of rye. Uh, maybe Russia gets access to that. Um, uh, so there are economic uh motives i guess but uh, again I, i'm reiterating that i think uh, what russia wants is a vassal state it wants a friendly regime in kiev um because uh, you know it's had these grand designs to 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 uh reverse what happened in between 1989 and 1991 when the cold war ended he's redrawing the map of europe or attempting to do so now let's look at this from the
4: Africans. the the side of the, from our side. Uh, somebody who say, well, this is a war or uh, uh, an incident in Eastern Europe. How does this affect us? Mm. But there are economic linkages, aren't there?
9: Absolutely. I mean, the world is a very interconnected place these days. And what happens in one part affects what happens in other parts. So I'll give you a couple of examples. One is the oil price, which has gone... Uh, uh gone up uh, sharply over the last few days uh, that means that fuel is going to cost more in our countries that means inflation is going to rise and food prices are going to rise the other thing as i mentioned is is both our, agricult- our agricultural countries and both export uh, a great deal of uh, grain and cereals to uh, africa including north africa countries like tunisia and morocco and algeria and egypt uh get a huge amount of their uh supplies from from ukraine and russia and these this is likely to be damaged if this war goes on for a long time if you have an investment if you're invested in the ghanaian stock exchange or you have a pension or you have a retirement annuity markets are taking a hit uh so you are going to be worth less than you were worth uh, yesterday And the most important thing for me is that this is about principles. This is about the principles of respect, of territorial integrity, of sovereignty, all of which are important African values. And if Russia can do this to a friendly neighbor, what's going to stop China doing this to Taiwan? What is this going to stop uh, 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 Libya uh, taking over, trying to take over? Algeria, what's to stop South Africa intimidating Lesotho? If we don't hold onto these important principles of our international system, everything is called into question. It's a real test for the United Nations. Um, It has so far not stepped up to the plate. It's something that uh, Secretary General Guterres has been asking for. My own president, Cyril Ramaphosa, has been asking for a greater UN role. But, of course, it's difficult because Russia is a permanent member of the UN Security Council, has already vetoed a a Security Council resolution. Um, uh, India abstained. uh, The United Arab Emirates abstained, and so did China abstain. We have a, a council that's paralyzed by big power politics. So uh, these are testing times. But uh, I, I don't think anybody should be under the, the illusion that uh, the war is not going to affect them. Um, in the short term, it may help our countries, which are metals exporters and minerals exporters and natural resource exporters, because if uh, Russian supply or Ukrainian supply is not able to get into the international system, uh, we may be able to pick up some of that trade. Um, and finally, you know, some of the sanctions that are being put on Russia... Uh, locking them out of the banking system and so on and so forth. We all have trade with Russia uh, And to a much lesser extent Ukraine Global supply lines are going to be affected. So um, Yes, you know some may say this is happening far away, but you know, look what happened in 1914 look what happened in 1939 small conflicts became global configurations,
4: and, and- I, just to stay on the matter of sanctions, we've seen a lot of that. We heard President, U.S. President Biden, announce what they call the most extensive sanctions we've ever seen. We've heard the EU and the UK uh, say they are also going to place heavy sanctions. Uh, what kind of hits are uh, is Russia looking at with these sanctions? Are they really, is this something that really affects them or most of these things are just for for sure for the public does Russia really hmm. take
9: a hit from these Look, I think um, Putin is a calculating man <laughs> so in his calculations of what he was going to do uh, as they say in America he would have baked in assumptions about sanctions he would have expected sanctions um, so in some ways I think Russia has been doing things like stockpiling foreign currency and trying to cushion the extent of the sanctions look i think uh they are they're quite serious they're, there's also talk in the last day this morning about personal sanctions on uh on putin himself and on uh, foreign minister sergey lavrov um if uh, and of course the big one that that many countries were pushing for is locking russia out of the swift system which is how banks communicate um you know it may not hurt in the short term but long term When your markets are disrupted, when you can't raise credit, um, is is going to hurt Russia. But I think what it's going to do is what it did after 2014, and that is expand its ties with the non-Western world. Be those Latin America, be those Africa, be those Asia, um, and and Central Europe. Uh, You know, we definitely saw an uptick in business with those parts of the world after Russia was. Uh, put under sanctions in two thousand and fourteen um, i don 't think sanctions are the most uh, effective weapon against putin he 's been withstanding them for years but I also don 't think they are only symbolic and for public consumption. I think uh, they can be quite serious i mean one of the one of the scenarios here is that life gets so bad for Russian Uh, citizens that they vote differently uh, in their elections or maybe even get rid of their government by non-constitutional means Um, I think unfortunately there's not a lot of space for for free speech in Russia Uh, these days there's not a lot of independent media and we saw uh, over yesterday I think uh, some 1200 people across 50 cities were arrested for anti-government and anti-war protests. So the likelihood of an uprising uh, is unlikely, I think, in Russia. And, of course, uh, elections have been very questionable. So even if uh, there is a candidate that that citizens prefer to Putin, uh, there's no guarantee that in a future election will be free and fair.
4: And, you know, th- this, this requires me to, you know, push the envelope with you a bit uh, on analysis, but how far do you think Putin is willing to push this? There's those who said look, economically they are not in the best of places so he cannot keep this up for long. So whatever it is mm-hmm. that his end game is, he has to achieve it within a, a limited period of time and then go back to the status quo because the worse it gets perhaps, then he might also be inviting problems that he might not be able to deal with. So
9: when yes. you yes. look at this... So I think, I think I, I yes. we, oh, thanks. Sorry, sorry. I cut you off there. No. Um, I mean, what we're seeing is is a is a blitzkrieg, like we saw with uh, the German attacks, uh, the German attacks in uh, September 1939. I mean, he's brought massive power to bear uh, on on Ukraine, um, and yes, the thinking is that he would want this over as soon as possible. However. Uh, the Ukrainian armed forces and civilians have proved probably more resistant than he expected. They are fighting for their very lives, for the existence of their country, and they are doing it very bravely. I think we've also seen that from uh, President uh, Zelensky uh, really rallying the troops and uh, the population on social media and, and otherwise uh, in a very, very difficult situation. Um, so so I think, uh, you know, is, is, is Putin going to attack poland and lithuania and latvia tomorrow no i don't think so um is he going to push uh for for a change in nato membership i think he is i don't think he's going to get it i don't think you're ever going to see countries like the baltics uh leave nato despite uh uh, russian designs on them and i think that uh this is going to be uh, a key a key moment in the world Uh, i think we're going to remember where we were during this conflict because it is an extremely significant uh significant episode i wish i was inside putin's head to know what he ultimately wants um as i say my guess is a a a very compliant russian-friendly moscow friendly government in kiev Um, and and uh, that will then expand the russian sphere of influence i Uh, But, you know, Ukraine today, who is tomorrow? That's an important question that must be asked. Mm. And finally, again, you
4: mentioned the uh, emasculation sort of, of the big boys uh, based on international politics, especially the UN. So I'm just naming three countries here. Who is able to move Russia to at least slow down a bit? China. What's your take on China? China? Because China's in a bit of a tight spot, isn't it? China does not like breakaways. You know, we've seen the Taiwan situation and whatnot. Russia is basically saying they are peacekeepers uh, coming in to save a breakaway state of sorts. And China have abstained from voting. They interfered with the wedding of the UN statement. Is China the country that moves Russia to say, hey,
9: calm down a bit? I think I think China can potentially play that role. Uh, Russia and China have become very close uh, in the last decade. I think, especially since uh, Xi Jinping has taken over, um, they meet frequently for summits. They put out a communiqué a few months, a few weeks ago, uh, saying that you know they are very deeply uh, there's deep friendship between the countries. I think China has the potential to play uh to put pressure on russia whether it will do so is another question as i said we saw it not veto this uh resolution but it did abstain uh so it's not you know i don't think we're going to expect china to do it tomorrow but uh, i think i think china has a pivotal role and i think it's it's also a sign of the Change in the international order, where American power and European power has been on a steady decline, and China's has been has been rising. And so, um, whereas ten years ago it would have been uh, probably ridiculous to look to China as 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 some way out of this conflict or some way to pressurise Russia, now it's a very realistic cost, uh, proposition. Germany, some are saying they are so strong, but
4: the conflict of interest. Perhaps might arise because they purchase so much gas
9: from. Yeah. So they, their, their gas is their gas supply is absolutely dependent on Russia, um, and so they've been less keen to impose sanctions than than some other countries that are further away geographically. Um, but Germany has also been involved in diplomacy. Uh, the new chancellor Olaf Scholz has gone to to speak to Putin uh, along with France's uh, Emmanuel Macron. So uh, Germany is very invested in this. Uh, what's what's interesting is how so far NATO has been able to hang together, uh, but there are those who said that, uh, that Germany opposes uh, some of the harshest sanctions because, of course, it, serves, uh, it, it uh, stands to be um, uh, on the wrong side of them economically. And yeah, indeed, uh, you know, Russia has turned off the taps on on gas supplies on previous occasions. Uh, so you know, and Germany doesn't yet have an alternative. So uh germany's in a difficult position mm. all
4: right thank you so much uh stephen goes for your time this morning uh he's uh, uh we've enjoyed the insights in ghana um i will keep you on for five more minutes just so you can hear the perspectives of my oh. guest in studio and perhaps you can add to that um, Inusa, so you've heard the european side the african side the ghana side obviously is what has caught the attention here because we are looking at ways to bring uh, people who are there home. Uh, the F- Ministry of Foreign Affairs has given us a roadmap of what it is that they are trying to do. Because Russian airspace is, uh, Ukrainian airspace is closed. So they are doing this by route. Not the easiest of <laughs> circumstances.
8: Yes, so the
7: war in U- U- Ukraine is very unfortunate. Uh, it's a uh, failure of the world order. A new world order will emerge after uh, the Russia-Ukraine Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, NATO will definitely become more powerful. Uh, There will be an arms race in the Baltic states that are part of NATO because uh, no one really understands what Russia will do next. Russia will do next, so people uh, there will be an arms race. the NATO will definitely not intervene in this conflict because the 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 fact that if they do intervene, the consequences can be tragic uh, because uh, uh, the, the the could be, a third, could be a third world war, and no one will want to see uh, missiles falling in his cities. And moreover, Ukraine is not a member. Uh, Russia believes that it has legitimate interests uh, and the closeness of. Uh, Ukraine to Russia, in fact, the sheer borders, uh, the Donbass region, uh, and the other uh, uh, region has been said to be part of Russia. Crimea was annexed uh, a few years ago uh, by uh, Russia, so clearly uh, there is a historical demand from Putin that re- Ukraine is part of Russia. But at, at this time, no one really understands whether he wants. A change of regime, even though he's called for that, he's called on the soldiers of Ukraine to topple their government. While he's calling for that is he's arranging and asking for a meeting between himself and Zelensky to discuss the way forward. So, no one really has been able to enter into Putin's mind to understand the game that he's playing, except that everybody's worried. America read, and precisely so, that they, with the numbers of troops at Arsenal. That had been massed up on the borders of Ukraine, Putin was going to attack, and that he was just looking for a pretext mm. uh, to be able to attack. Uh, yeah. for once, uh, for, for the first time in a long time, American intelligence was on point. point. So, so clearly, clearly, but <laughs> the difficulty that I have understanding the invasion, even though I appreciate the strategic. Uh, security concerns of uh, Russia is why diplomacy and dialogue could not be used to solve this problem i mean russia has been able to get nato to hold on to the application of ukraine uh, okay. rec- to join nato and and if they have been able to do so why they think that they can continue on that basis yes and that, that's that's an interesting question though hold on uh, stephen yes can
4: you can you help
7: uh
4: my good friend here with that question why why did russia stop talking the talking would have nothing had really changed or uh, progress had been made did we miss something
9: i think i think uh he's these these are not plans that uh, were hatched overnight for this invasion if you see the way it was so coordinated Um, i think things really accelerated when russia recognized the two breakaway statelets of Donetsk and Luhansk on Tuesday, um, which gave him a pretext to send his peacekeepers in. I don't know what peace they were keeping. Um, and and uh, to escalate this. So I think uh, probably, ma- maybe I'm wrong, but, but probably no amount of trying and diplomacy and negotiations would have deterred him from this course, which he's been planning for a long time. So, you know, I commend the efforts of of, uh, President Biden and President Macron and Chancellor Schultz and others um, who have been shuttling from Moscow to Paris, to London, to Washington. Uh, uh, But, uh, you know, I mean, some have said that uh, NATO should just say, we don't, we, we, the the fact is, there, there were no firm plans to integrate Ukraine into NATO and for it to become a member. That that was acknowledged and recognised that that would be very difficult, but it's never been completely ruled out. And the Americans and NATO are saying every country must be free to choose its own alliances, and they will not uh, uh, expel countries from NATO, or they uh, and they will not say that Ukraine will never become a member of NATO. But the reality is, there's no uh, formal fast track process for 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 Ukraine to become a a member of NATO. So. uh you know uh, maybe that is something that could have uh could have been worked out uh um diplomatically but with this amount of of troops uh going through a a sovereign country like belarus uh uh, launching attacks from the sea this wasn't planned yesterday Mm. thank you very
7: much stephen so uh, another it definitely wasn't planned yesterday i mean it doesn't definitely wasn't planned Uh, At the beginning of this year, I mean, uh, Putin has been massing up weapons and uh, preparing to attack Ukraine for a very long time. He demonstrated that when he did that in uh, uh, Lunex and uh, Donbex regions, when supporting the Russian separatists to take over those areas, and like he said, strategically providing the basis for the movement of his troops. When he went to parliament to get parliament to approve of his deployment of troops outside the territory of Ukraine, clearly these were. I mean a, a, a plans that were from a rule book that he was following. And, and coming back to the Ghanaian issue, I think that Darians have been caught up. many Africans have been caught up. I, I mean, Africans should take inspiration from what the Ukrainians, what they are doing. I mean it's not all areas of Ukraine that are unsafe. Uh, some areas, the western part of Ukraine is safe for the time being. Uh, most Ukrainians are moving towards that area. Those who are nearer the Polish border, the uh, uh, the and other Estonian and other areas are also moving uh, to them. Uh, we fortunately we have embassies and consulates mm-hmm. over there, uh, and the the if they can, uh, they should also take opportunity to start moving out because the airspace of uh, Ukraine has been shut, and so whatever be the case, we cannot fly into Ukraine, even if you want to evacuate. We can only evacuate evoc- from the nearest possible point, point yeah. outside Ukraine, and, and if the if the and uh, Ghana, Ghana uh, Minister for of Foreign Affairs should be in communication with all the the countries bordering uh, uh, Ukraine now, mm. uh, to see what is happening the situation. Well, they have said,
4: so. So they are talking to the Swiss, Turks, the Moldovans, the Poles, the Hungarians, Romanians. And I have a quick update yes. just before I hear from uh, Fuseni. Mm. uh so this is very new coming. So 21 students mm-hmm. are almost at the Hungarian border yeah, yeah. to enter Hungary. Yeah. So some good news. See yes. me smiling. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> About 150 mm-hmm. just sort of from Ukraine to Hungary. Yes. Um, they are going with 400 Nigerians Yes, yes. who are also trying to get there. Yes. Uh, the students have spoken to the consular general in Budapest okay. and the Ghana ambassador in Prague yeah. via phone. Yeah. Uh, so they prefer the students to be at one place whatever be uh, the case and then this will help them to know their total number and arrange air tickets mm-hmm. they are saying that if a student already has an air ticket they will take that person to the airport and fly that person to Ghana. so and wha- wha-
7: whatever be the case what, what i'm saying is that they must be moving through the safe corridors yes to get the safe safe yes and stay together They'll stay together yes yeah, so that yeah, they
4: can yeah, yes, at all yeah, points yeah. so uh, this is a, the latest update we mm-hmm. have coming in regarding the students who are trying to move from kiev uh, out of ukraine uh, Twenty-one say they are almost at the Hungarian border, ready to enter Hungary. Kuseni.
2: yeah, go for it. Uh, What we are gleaning from international media and uh, geopolitics is it's quite um, a very uh, very difficult um, situation for people caught up in this melee. But it it still suffices to to, to note that in 2022, who would have thought? <laughs> that uh, with all the advancements and with all the experiences of a continent like Europe, will still go back into such a, um, 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 it's a such a situation um, for 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 Russia to still think that um, they want to go to pre 1991 times of recreation of USSR or having compliant neighbors. In, in 2022 i'm still wondering why, why why nations can can be able to enjoy their sovereignty and mm-hmm. be able to associate with nations that they think are uh are, 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 are like are more like in their in their outward and out in, in the outlook because uh, nations like georgia and all of that they are still in europe but they are still undergoing such um, stresses especially between the east and west divide they are still in the in the Cold uh, go Cold War era, and all of that, but NATO, NATO, NATO has an organization who also has a structure, and NATO has uh, very different degrees of membership. I mean, countries like India, they have a very complicated relationship with NATO. And um, looking at what what is pertaining in Europe now, I can only hope that um, it doesn't uh, um, 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 uh, protract for a long time because. Um, uh, for me as a Ghanaian, I, I think about the impact of such a conflict on our economy. Already, look at what, what we, are, we are having. Today, transport fares have gone
4: up. 15%.
2: Um, in the last couple of days, we have moved from $90 per barrel to uh, $100. 1st time since 2014. Mm. First time, highest price. We are experiencing highest prices in eight years. Who knows where this is going to end? In times when people have spoken about government taking off taxes of full and we and giving subsidies, I've, I've said that, look, especially when you have something like this coming up in Europe, only God knows where we're going to go. And so you be, have to be very careful in taking some of those decisions or policy changes. I am just hoping that um, we're able to see some sort of... Um, 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 <laughs> Uh, so we we'll able to come to some some sort of conclusion to some of these things. It's good that the the doors of uh, negotiations are still open, mm-hmm. but for even Russia to call for a regime change within <laughs> within Ukraine itself, <laughs> I, it's, I I don't know how come uh, the world order is being disturbed by such a. You're, you're okay, you call for a regime change, you're still engaging them, but for me, for me, I'm thinking about the guy living in Akutema whose who's um, full. Prices are going to go up, transport costs, is going to affect our food. It's, it's not going to affect, just that. I'll it's going to establish our economy. And already this is, a, this is a global economy and struggling to come out of COVID. You see, struggling to come out of COVID. We are struggling. Economies around the world are struggling. To come out of COVID, with well, this it's a u.s already is a experiencing inflation the 40-year inflation similar to the uk economy energy cost across the world is going up and then we are saddled with such a human created disturbance that is going to affect the whole global economy I, I i still i still am struggling to see how come in 2022 the world will have to go through a, this is not like COVID, where we had to a, look what for those of us who were we're quite young during the Iran-Iraq War and the Gulf War, and you know, in the early 90s. Uh, yes, so the impact of our economy—some economies and some people have not still recovered since. I mean, mm. it's been 30 years or so, and and for us to think that today we still have arms and, and tomahawks <laughs> and, and, and in fact, when I saw the first set of attacks, I thought it was a joke because look, we've been seen on international media. The US were quite a spot on this time about a week earlier, they even called for their citizens to come back to, to, to the U.S. if they didn't have any business doing in Ukraine and all of that. And they, they had projected that uh, it was going to attack. But I still kind of found it was a block. Uh, to think that, yeah, it was going to be, to be, to be a reality. But anyway, Ghana as a nation. We still have a road. This morning, I woke up to our stance at the Security Council. I think we were firm. We had shown that we are going to stand by the community of nations. We are going to stick to what the UN was created to do, and I don't know how effective that is going to be. But I think that we have to be consistent in our foreign policy. We have to also seek the interests of our, our, our nationals. It's heartwarming to, to know that unless say a few of the our nationals are making some strides towards leaving the troubled 12th, nation yeah. and all of that. But look. You cannot you cannot blame anybody for being Ukrainian at this time, Don't either pursuing their personal person interest or national. But that's what the world has become now. Anybody, any one of us could be caught in there. So as a government, I'm also happy that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is still up, up to be then giving updates. Yeah. I'm hoping that over time we'll get we we'll get to know that our our, our our citizens anywhere they are are safe. But for me, the impact on our economy...
4: We'd, we'll is, try and is, is what, just get what, final words on what that. I pray that um, we'll just try and get final words on that. I'll take a quick break, come back. I'll take final words from uh, Stephen when I come back from this break and then we'll call it a show. But I
9: think uh, President Zelensky himself may be in danger. I think they're going to try and get him somehow. They might try and kill him or capture him or cause him to flee. Um, And then uh, I think diplomacy will probably kick in again. Um, I I think uh, more sanctions will probably be applied. Uh, But I I, I wouldn't. I think uh, it's it's dangerous to predict in these situations. We'll have to just sit tight and, and wait and see and how all the different pieces of this puzzle fit together but what what somebody said uh, earlier in the week to me is this might be an opportunity for africa to push one for the important principles on which uh, the global international order is founded sovereignty territorial integrity but it may also be an opportunity to push for a change to the security council and the governance architecture Um, for a long time african countries have been saying we need a permanent we need more than one permanent seat on a on a reformed security council um uh with a veto uh that reform has gone absolutely nowhere because the big powers have refused to entertain it but uh maybe you know sometimes things change in international institutions when there's a big global rupture and uh you know it might be that opportunity i don't know we'll see in the coming days but we also Uh, Wish safety to those uh, Ghanaians trying to get out of Ukraine. Uh, It's good that your government is is doing its best. Uh, Very difficult with no airspace uh, over over Ukraine being open, but I I hope and pray that everybody gets home safely. And again, I just want to commend Ghana for its uh, mature stance and its principled stance on the UN Security Council. I think um, Africa can be proud of your country. Thank you very much, uh,
4: Stephen. Let me just take a couple of messages, and that I've come through on today's. So, another conversations that we've had. Uh, so, uh, Cements from Joulu, and I'm just putting to together. So, uh, from Parliament and everything, uh, says why uh, won't uh, Fusi Issa advise his comrades to also soften their stance? They don't have the numbers, so dialogue and compromise is the best way to go rather than always blaming the speaker so you can take that message back uh, <laughs> from airport says if you take something that doesn't belong to you you only have a problem going for it so we are not surprised by the problems that the pp is facing uh joe weiss's misconduct on the floor of parliament has become one too many um that is coming from honorable ayuba from um Japan. this one says uh, uh Anyagri Gideon from Garu says there is no smoke without fire, there is something wrong somewhere. Leadership of the NP should stop attacking Ajuasafo and rather meet her and find out the cause of her problems and solve it with maturity. Any short anything short of this will be a stumble block on the npp's path. And uh Gamba Zahaga from Wale Wale says, I don't support what Dr. Mwakuba is saying. Uh, that the mpp is having 138 and 97 137 in parliament so mpp is the majority in parliament can i ask him this what happened in the voting of the speaker in parliament well honorable uh Inousa Fusini explained exactly what happened uh with the voting um uh this one also ahaji hamza from pick farm says to be said the first deputy speaker and the majority members in parliament are doing all that they could they, all that they can to undermine the party authority of the speaker of parliament simply because he does not come from their party I am happy the speaker of parliament has demonstrated that he will not be taking for granted the speaker of parliament is operating according to the standing orders of parliament and uh, Zalex duane in London good morning Zalex Duane. I think you had a birthday this week did you not uh, my liberal friend, yes. hi to him, and then hoping yeah. to. I think this was his birthday, so happy. you know, so happy birthday, yeah, 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 happy
2: birthday, Alex! <laughs> we <are laughs> a common platform, right? oh, okay, yeah.
4: So it says, I agree yeah. with uh, the speaker, what Jose is doing is egregious and unacceptable so oh. <laughs> we just wish <laughs> the man a happy birthday so, let us <laughs> go my name is I hope you had a fantastic show. Thank you to the former member of Parliament of tamale Central. and Enjoy, happily enjoying his retirement and uh also um uh uh Isa and also thank you to Stephen and Service yes Stephen diplomacy joining us <laughs> have a good weekend
5: in